Hey there, Who fans. Welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And this is episode 259. Oh, yes. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor! For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire and do that. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years, and not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes, and it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Howdy, howdy do, Who fans? Hope you're all well. Especially hope you're all well at the moment and you've all had a and you've had a cracking week and you've all managed to do something. something Doctor, Who Doctor Who related. related. Yeah. Yes, indeedy. What a crazy world at the minute, eh? Mm. Crazy all in quarantine. Time. Quarantine, lockdown, whatever you want to call it. Armed guards at the gate. Yeah. Won't be long. <laughs> yeah, we were saying before we recorded, it does feel a little bit like those disaster movies that we've seen over the years. Mm, it does. Yeah, there was a film that comes to mind. A lot of people have said um, things like the film 2012 and uh, mm. and all that stuff. But there was a really cool film that was out donkeys years ago called Outbreak, which is really good. It's Dustin Hoffman and somebody else. And that's a proper like disease outbreaky type of disaster movie. So if you want to get your sort of paranoia and your um and your kind of media if you buy into all the media paranoia about that then that's a good film to to get the the, the balls rolling with that one <laughs> that's not going to help anyone the balls is rolling so the wheels rolling. is it <laughs> i'll just stick on outbreak that'll cheer me up yeah ah! <laughs> yeah no i mean like if you if you buy into all the uh because you know, the media doesn't help sometimes you know when you've got the science stuff going on it's just, all good advice on what you should and shouldn't be doing. And then you see Sky News showing Clive in his shed, self-quarantined, and he's banging on about in my day. We would have just gone out still. You know, it doesn't help, does it, all that lot? So No, that's right. Uh, so, yes, it's a, it's a funny old time, but uh, hopefully you guys are um, uh, keeping yourselves safe, keeping yourselves healthy, and 
and taken all the right precautions and all that stuff. And uh, we are glad we are here to provide some some content and stuff to keep you going through the dark times. We did mention with a few times actually over the years that doing the podcast is a great way for you guys to be kept in the loop and, and all that stuff for Doctor Who when there's nothing on TV. Doctor Who's now finished. So what a bloody time for this to happen, eh? Doctor Who's just finished. It's not oh, on the no. TV anymore and then this all <laughs> kicks off. But anyways, as content creators and podcasters and stuff, it's good to be to be uh, keeping you guys in, in the loop on what's happening and entertaining you hopefully a little bit while you're at home and stuck indoors and and all that stuff. So, yeah, coming up on today's show, 259. We haven't got too much as expected. There's not a lot going around in the news and merch world at the moment, but there's a couple of bits just to chat through. And then we're going to review Series 12. We're going to have a look at, uh, just from start to finish, a few of the cool bits that we liked from Series 12 and some of the bits we didn't like so much and just give you our overall thoughts and uh, opinions on all that stuff. So stay tuned for that. Before we get cracking with all that, though, Remember to subscribe to the show. Just head over to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. There are buttons there to go off to all the various podcast apps and networks. So just give us a sub on whatever app you listen to your podcasts on. And if you have a minute to give us a rating and a review, that would be amazing because it helps us out loads and loads. We're on the socials as well, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we're also on YouTube now as well doing mm-hmm. weekly live streams in the evening, which is great to hang out with you guys and chat Doctor Who a little bit more. And also check out Adam's YouTube channel and the socials as well, The Geek's Handbag. Make sure you follow Adam over there for loads of cool stuff. Yeah, if I actually manage to uh, get quarantined from work, I'll, I'll be able to make some more videos. <laughs> it's probably what I would do, actually. Yeah. If I was, if I was made to stay home, I'd be like, oh, I'll get cracking on some new vids. Yeah, you can imagine, can't you? Mm, would be joy and i'd probably it's a good time to be like listening to big finish as well isn't it that's a that's a good thing to do if you're quarantined um catching up with some classic who and that sort of stuff absolutely mate yeah Mm. in fact now's the now's a great time to do all of that stuff basically so if you are if you've been told to work from home or if you've been told to isolate and all that jazz now's a great time to get all of those doctor who books off the shelf that you've bought over the last year (laughs) or two that you've not yet read and all the big finish that you've bought and downloaded that you've not listened to and all that stuff. And even things like, like various doctors that you've perhaps not been into very much before. So if you've not, if you're not a fan of classic who, for whatever reason, now's a great time to just do the free trial on BritBox and just Mm. dive into a bunch of classic who that might get you into that stuff. Or there's a particular doctor that you're not just not a fan of and you've got plenty of time on your hands. Now's a good time to, uh, to, to get all that stuff done, basically, to get your completionist hat on and start doing all that stuff. So That is a good show, actually. I mean, I, I uh, see a few people, you know, it's been a lot of people moaning about having to stay home and stuff and thinking I'm I'm the opposite. I'm, <laughs> I'm still being made to work and I'd love to be quarantined. I would literally just, I would do all of that stuff and more that you've just mentioned. I'd just stay home. I'd uh, drink a cup of tea every day and I'd listen to Big Finish and watch Doctor Who and I'd be quite happy. Yeah, you know, to be honest with you. Yeah, that scene in the TV movie at the beginning where you've got McCoy with his feet up and he's got a little cup of tea and some music on. Yeah, there are worse. There are worse things. Yes, that would be me. Yeah. You'd be the master trapped in the the little box. I would be, yeah, rattling around. (laughs) Let me out. Rattling around. 
<laughs> there we go. Yes. What have you been up to, bud? I know well, actually, we, I, we've been up to stuff, but uh, yeah, have you been up to anything Who-wise? Um, yeah, I have a little bit. Um, just um, I managed to get a classic Who watched uh, since I uh, last saw you. So I watched The Romans. Uh, I was in a, really in the mood for a bit of Hartnell hmm. the other day. So I watched The Romans. Um, I put a little Twitter thing out just asking for suggestions. I said I want to watch some black and white Who because uh, I really couldn't decide. I know you have this quandary sometimes. I, I was staring at the DVD shelf for ages thinking, what? Just couldn't pick a, an episode or story to watch. So, I, yeah, I asked our lovely listeners and all my Twitter folk. And, and yeah, I went for The Romans, which is um, not a story I've watched in ages, which is why I thought it would be a good choice. Um, but I can't say anything about whether I enjoyed it or not, because I don't think we've reviewed it, have we? Pretty sure we haven't. The Romans? No, I'm pretty sure we haven't reviewed The Romans, have we? We bleed nav, mate. Have we? Yeah. What episode was that? Yeah, so that was back in... That was got back in episode 108. We did the Romans. How can you? Know? Oh, bloody memories, mate. So, <laughs> yeah, so back in uh, 108, we uh, I gave it a six and you gave it a five. Did I really? Yeah, and you're going to surprise yourself now, aren't you, and say, I wouldn't have scored it that low. Well, actually, that is that is interesting because, yeah, <laughs> I don't remember reviewing it, but um, that is interesting because... <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. I know, it's not a bad one, actually. I thought Hartner was fantastic. <laughs> he seems to five. be, um, he's like laughing and joking all the way through it. And I thought, I mean, yeah, that's probably the last time I watched it is when we reviewed it. Um, gosh. Yeah, he's in good spirits. There you go. It? it just goes to show how, just what you said at the start of the show, go back and watch ones that you're, you know, doctors and stories you're not very keen on because you may see them in a different light. Um, that's that's a, that's actually amazed me because I really did enjoy it. I thought it was a, re- a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. not a bad one, that. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That is even more amazing because as well, when you when we uh, looked at the story that we're going to be reviewing next week, uh, which I won't say until the end of the show, <laughs> I was convinced we'd already reviewed it, wasn't I? I was like, <laughs> no, we've done that one. Christ. You were like, no, we haven't. I was like, yes, yes, I remember talking about that. And we haven't, so yeah. Yeah. thank heavens for Google Sheets, eh? Google <laughs> spreadsheets. That's all I can say. I think I'm in a parallel universe. That's <laughs> what it is. I'm in a parallel universe. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's all I've been doing. Apart from obviously the big thing which we're going to talk about, but it's, uh, which we both did at the the weekend just gone. But is there anything you've been doing before we talk about that? Anything you've been up to? No, there isn't, mate. I've not had time to uh, to do anything who related, unfortunately. No, no. So. Uh, I haven't even watched any Who, to be honest with you. I've not not cracked cracked on with any classic or modern Who. So, yeah. So just, uh, yeah, what we've both been up to, mate, which was our showing of, of talents over at the BFI last weekend, which was ace. Indeed. It was yeah. good. I, right up until the morning that I left, I was absolutely convinced it was going to be cancelled. Like, all sort of week leading up to Talons, obviously with the virus breakout and stuff, all I was seeing on my Twitter and Facebook feed was things being cancelled, shut down. I thought, there's no way this is going to go ahead. It's just, it's just going to get cancelled. So I was amazed, really. I woke up in the morning and I literally first thing I did was check my phone. I was like, is it, is it you know, expecting an email or, you know, but it, it did go ahead. Um, albeit, um, there's a couple of things that were announced at the start, which they had planned, which couldn't go ahead, which was... Uh, a shame. Um, I mean, it was, I'm just going to say off the bat, I thought it was another great event. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, um, seeing Talons on the big screen. But they were going to have a panel at the start talking about, you know, the sort of, in brackets, the 
uh, I don't want to say racist. I'm trying to think of another word, but the, you know the the racial connotations of the episode. So that was cancelled. So basically, we had uh, Justin and and Dick Fiddy, the two guys who compared the events. They they basically did the talk themselves, um, an impromptu sort of talk on it as well. Um, but the thing that I don't know about you, but my heart sank a little bit. I mean, I'm so grateful that the event went ahead. So don't get me wrong, but my heart sank a little bit when Justin, the guy, uh, sort of who opens the show said that they were going to surprise us all with guests, um, Matthew Sweet, Philip Hinchcliffe and Christopher Benjamin. Um, but um, due to the virus, they were no longer attending. And I was thinking, <laughs> yeah. how good would that have been to have had them there? Talk, especially Philip and Philip Hinchcliffe. I mean, just to hear him talking about talons and tackling the issues in brackets that come with it. And um, yeah, and Christopher Benjamin as well. I, I just was like, oh... I, I, I'm, as I said, so glad it went ahead, but there was just part of me that just, you know, you could see all the stuff that they'd got planned for the event would, would have been amazing, but hey, it wasn't to be, and it was still a great event, still great to see talents. And Louise Jameson was there um, as well, which was lovely. She did a really good Q&A, didn't she? She did. Very good. Yeah. yeah, she's very, very candid and honest and funny and charming. And she's just a great guest to have on stage. And uh, she did a little sign in afterwards as well. So great event. Yeah. What what were your thoughts on it? Did you did it live up to your expectations? Another good BFI event? Uh, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. No, of course. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> you, you cannot go wrong with the with the BFI events there. Um, Yeah. I was saying this, I, I did a little cheeky little Instagram live stream on the way to the BFI, which I normally mm. do on those BFI events. And I was saying on that stream, I was like, you guys are probably sick of us. Like all the time we're like, yeah, the BFI. <laughs> <It's okay." laughs> um, but they really are great, great events. And there's nothing quite like watching classic Doctor Who in the cinema on the big screen. It's such a, such a great thing. And one of the things that, this is not just a talent showing, but all of the classic showings that we've been to at the BFI, one of the things that always amazes me, and I never pick up on it when I watch it at home, is just how funny a lot of the scripts are for classic Doctor Who. Yes. Because yeah. when I'm watching them at home, because none of the rest of my family, they don't, they're not into classic Who at all. So when I, whenever I watch it here, I just watch it by myself. And I do chuckle along at some of the obvious things, but when you watch it in the cinema, there are so many more little funny things that you just don't pick up on when you're watching it by yourself at home. So uh, it's such a great atmosphere. And when you see people and don't get me wrong, it's not who fans who are very pretentious and are very like, you know, they only laugh at the, um, the, the, the bits that the script has, you know, pointed you to laugh at. Everyone's always la uh, laughing and at the, the, the crappy effects and the, the, some of the over top, over the top uh, performances and stuff. So uh, who was the guy that, that played uh grill? Um, I can't remember the actor's name, but uh, the guy that played Greel in it, he's really chewing the woodwork a few times, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. proper going for it. And everyone's just cracking up laughing at some of the over-the-top bits, but you don't get that when you watch it at home mm. by yourself. You might chuckle internally. You might sort of roll your eyes and think, oh, crikey. But uh, it, it's just great. It really is great to, to watch it with everybody there. So, And uh, Louise Jameson's talk, as you said, was really good. Very yeah, she's funny. lovely. Yeah, really, she's really nice. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of the new rat? Because we obviously the version that we <laughs> got to see. So they showed all six episodes, and um, we got to see the version with the new CGI rat. What did yeah. you think? Yeah. Do you know? 
I really, I really like the way you they've done the, the old rat. I do. I, I <laughs> really like the effects, the, the way that they've done the effects for these, and this one especially in Talons. Mm. It, it's it's pretty much seamless. I have to give them that because yes. they haven't um, they they haven't George Lucas it is the best way to put it. So and some of the original Star Wars films, you can tell a mile off that they've inserted, oh. inserted. I'm not going to say modern visual effects because even that's quite old now, but they've inserted visual effects into old school stuff and you can tell it a mile off. But uh, they, they've, they've tried to do it in a way that it doesn't you know, distract from what you're seeing. So one of the best examples of that is when uh, Wass's face is doing the hypnosis thing with his eyes. And, yeah, and they've got this really nice effect now where these sort of green circles sort of pulsate out of his eyes. Mm. And that doesn't look out of place. That's something that they could have not quite as cleanly done, but something that they could have very well done back in the day with that, with visual effects. So they ha- they've still kept it quite um, in sync, if you like, with the visual feel of the time. But the rat itself, again, it was very well done. I just miss the old cheap looking uh <laughs> crappy looking rat from the original i miss that guy yeah i must admit i, I agree about the um <laughs> the eyes i think uh, like you said in the original it's like kind of a flashing sort of almost like a torch effect wasn't it he had on yes, his eyes yeah. and now this is this very hypnotic and like you said uh, yeah it it did fit really nicely with the episode i think um in terms of the ones that we've had so far i think legopolis the new effects for the most part, looked really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't very fond of what was the Pertwee Dalek story we saw, where it had some new ice effects and they looked very cheap and rubbish. Um, not rubbish actually, because that's a bit harsh. But they, 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 for me, took me a little bit out of the story. Like they, did, you, you instantly thought, oh, there's a new effect. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, oh yeah, was it Day was of it, the um, the Death of the Daleks? Uh, I the always Daleks, get confused with the um, Pertwee Dinosaurs. But yeah, so that one yeah. took me out a little bit. You know when they're all the ice or whatever it was all the foam i can't remember what when it was all flushing out and i thought that just doesn't look right but in this one i thought yeah it was subtle enough that it perfectly fitted in with the story i mm. really did like the rat actually i was surprised <laughs> i i thought it was going to look bad i'm going to be honest with you i just thought they're going to you know i know the i know the original doesn't look great but i thought yeah cgi <laughs> rat this is going to be bad but I, I thought it worked really well actually i was quite pleasantly surprised so i'm I'm going to give the rat a thumbs up. I, yeah. I thought it looked good. <laughs> it didn't look bad at all. Not it at didn't all. stand out. I didn't sort of think, oh, no, you know, it, no. it, it fitted nicely in. It's a, it's a nice alternative um, effect, I think, yeah. Yes, but the eye no. thing, that looks, yeah. that looks very good. I liked that. Yes. No, I agree, mate. It's, uh, yeah, and I, it didn't look terrible at all. Not at all. It's just, um, yeah, I just missed the older. You just missed the old rat. Yeah. I'll tell you one good thing. Well, say good thing. Whatever. One of the pluses of this virus was that a lot of um, so they hold a lot of seats back for, you know, people involved in this, in in the production of the new DVDs and and also for BBC people and and other people to do with the BFI. But so already, as you know, the tickets sold out for this before they even went on sale to the general public. And then there's a big portion of those tickets that are held back, you know, to give to people that work on it and stuff. And a lot of people didn't show in terms of the freebie tickets. So uh, one good thing about um, about that was it meant that a lot of our friends that we've talked about on the podcast that couldn't get a ticket managed to get one. So because I think it was the night before or maybe the night before the night before, uh, suddenly a handful of tickets became available because a lot of people that um, 
would normally get sort of uh, what, what do you call them complimentary tickets BBC people yeah, yeah. or whatever they you know were obviously not going to be there so a handful of tickets came up so we did get to see a lot of our friends at the event as well which is nice people who, who we know that go every time were really disappointed that they thought they were going to miss out on that one so the, that was one good thing mm-hmm. about the, the virus is that people got to actually go to it because um, they are becoming so popular these these events it's becoming harder and harder to get a ticket actually um, but we were lucky because the BFI have suspended all that. They're not. Sh- they've they've closed down there. They've closed down now. So that was one of the last screenings to take place um, before they closed. So that's we were lucky in that respect. Yeah, I was going to say, mate. We um we just scraped through on that because I did, think yeah. uh, at that point some of the other big cinema chains in the UK, Odeon and Cineworld, they had started to close mm. a lot of their cinemas at that point because I remember I remember tweeting at BFI and saying. Is it still going ahead or what? Because yeah. you know, a load of cinemas are closing, and they were like, "No, no, no, it's all it's all good for now." So it's it's just lucky because if it was going to be this weekend, we would have been out of luck. So uh, I think we just we just scraped by with that one. We just scraped it. I was really hoping that we would do a um, a little live stream after the screening. I was because I was thinking, yeah, we, why do I never think to do that? I suppose it's because normally they do a signing which I always go to. I know you're not too bothered about those. And then by the time I've done that and got to the bar, we have a drink and then we sort of just get chatting. And so I was thinking, yeah, right, this time, I'm going to make sure I get that live stream. But of course, uh, you had to leave quite early this time, didn't you? Sort of almost straight after the screening. Yes. So we didn't yeah. get to do that, unfortunately. But yeah, if, if, if whenever the next one will be, <laughs> goodness knows. But um, it'd be nice to do a live stream from it one of be. those events. Yeah, it's my own fault though. For some reason, I thought Talons was a four-parter. So I thought by the time that's done, I'll have an hour or so, I can go and get the train after that. But nope, it was a six-parter. So I thought, oh no, I've got to, I've got to shoot off straight after. So apologies, everyone. I did I did hang around for for 10 minutes or so uh, and spoke to a few people there, which was cool, like the usual bunch that we see there. So that was all good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I had to go. So. I did get to see you because obviously I went to, the, to get to... Louise to sign so they've started doing postcards of the you know the blu-ray covers mm. um they've started doing postcards of those at the events which i i love i love the fact they do that um so i went and got one of those signed by Louise. it's, it's become a bit of a tradition because now i'm sort of starting to collect them all so i've got one signed by sophie for the 26 one signed by louise for the uh what season is it 20 oh no what season is it 18 oh gosh 14, isn't it no Whatever it is. Oh, I hate it when I can't remember the seasons because it makes you feel like a fake fan. Anyway, yeah. Fake fan. So I went off and did that. Um, but yeah, another great event. Just just love it. And I, I hope it's not too long till we get to another one. But I don't, as I said, with the current situation, who knows? But we can always do our own little events. We can do little live streams from home and and just watch who together, can't we? Because we've got exactly. a good... Yeah, got a community out there, which is nice. Yeah, yes. And Talons is a is a cracking story as well. So it was a, a really good one to go and see. How did you cinema. find watching? Because obviously we watched all six. We did have a small break in the middle, didn't we? Where they brought on the guy who did the new rat, whose name I I can't remember. I'm afraid, but yep. they brought on the new CGI guy. Um, in in between episodes three and four, just to give a little break up. And I think a lot of people were bursting for the loo because you saw a lot of people rush out and rush back yeah, in. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, but it, pretty much we watched all six in a row. Um, did, how did you find that? Because sometimes, you know, with a six or seven part, especially Pertwee, I always try and break them up a bit. And I find it, you know, helps. But um, but I was I found it okay. I, I didn't find myself getting bored. I mean, I, I said to someone afterwards, um, I think Talon's make, 
would make an amazing four-parter, but it manages to sustain, sustain a six-parter, I think, because of Jago and Lightfoot. I think if you took them out of it and had a six-parter, I think it would not necessarily struggle, but it certainly wouldn't be as entertaining. I think for me, those moments that we get with Jago and Lightfoot um, help sustain that those six parts, if you're watching yeah. them all in one go, certainly. No, I agree, mate. It's... Um... I did, yeah. I really don't mind the six parts at the cinema. It's, it's. Um, I get a bit of a numb bum when we get to sort of yeah. the end of episode four, so I have to stand up and stretch for a bit. So it was great we had that little break for fifteen minutes mm. in between three and four. So that was good. But no, I, I, I don't really mind it. But one of the interesting things that that guy said was, apart from the obvious effects like the rat and the hypnosis stuff, they actually did quite a bit of touch-up work when they're out on location as well, which I didn't notice, which is great because he was saying that. Oh yeah. The the type of effects that you don't notice are often the best ones because for that very reason. So there was a bit when they're out in Victorian London at the time and uh, when they're on the boats, you know, when they're going through to the sewer entrance and all that stuff in the background, they had visually placed like, you know, some landmarks from London that weren't there for whatever reason. Um, and they just touched it all up a bit and did the color grade and stuff. So they really do put a lot of work into these. It's uh yeah, I thought that's that was great. a great... That's the thing, actually. I noticed... So you could see St. Paul's in the background of that scene when they're on the boat. Mm. And I did think at the time, oh, I don't remember ever... I've never noticed St. Paul's, but I didn't think it was a new effect. I assumed it was because it had been remastered. I was like, oh, look how clear the picture is. I've never noticed St. Paul's before. But it, yeah, it was a really nice little... Like you said, um, a little sort of touch-up that didn't need to do in, but it's really nice that they've sort of taken that care to just put these little bits in. It's Yeah, it looked great. It does, yeah. Mm. yes it was a great as always as we've said it was a great event i'm not sure when the next one's going to be now i'm not sure if we're going to get through this period of weirdness in any time soon over the next couple of months i'm not sure but hopefully when the next blu-ray is announced and we get the showing for that booked in we'll uh we'll obviously be off to the next one so we'll see we'll see um, were you were you um at all disappointed by because we normally get to see a lot of the new features um and we got snippets this time. We didn't get to see because I think we didn't get to see as much as we normally do. And I think there were two reasons for that. I think one because Talents is a six part, but I also think they did they'd allowed time for the talk at the start, which didn't go ahead. So I think the sort of extra features that we saw were probably cut down a little bit because of that. But it was nice what we did get to see. There was a Mister Sin feature that looked really good fun. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, oh Deep Roy, oh, yeah. Deep, Deep Roy interview. There's really just just the int- we just got to see the intro really, didn't we? Which was hilarious. Yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. What else did we get to see? Oh, I got a lump in the throat, dude, because they're doing oh, a Sarah, Sarah Jane. Jane. Oh yeah. my, that's going to destroy. So there's yeah. a, a tribute to Sarah Jane on there. Yeah, me too. It, even though we only got to see a snippet, I thought. That's going to destroy me, that documentary. Same. Yeah. Yeah. So that looked good. And they had the behind the sofa as usual and yep. in conversation with Matt Sweet. That looks pretty good. Oh, with Philip Hinchcliffe. Yes. Yes. I'll tell you one thing with that Sarah Jane, though, that really, despite the, you know, the obvious, um, I also really felt for Louise Jameson, actually. Oh, when God. Those yeah. Bits, because, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's no secret that her and Tom just didn't click. Um, and, you know, Tom was a very off with Louise when they were making the show at the time. They're very good friends now. We all know that. Um, but when you watch the clips of because that's one that is one thing that has always bugged me about Talons is how the doctor is so cold towards Leela because I love the character of Leela. I think I said this when we reviewed it. He never looks at her throughout the whole episode. It, it just yeah, you can tell that Tom 
just doesn't want her there. It's no, you know, it's no two ways about it. Um, but so when you watch the clips, you know, like of him and Sarah Jane, the warmth between those two, you know, he's just so loving towards the companion Sarah Jane, and it's such a contrast to the Doctor's relationship with Leela. And I couldn't help but feel a little bit sorry for Louise having to sit there and watch that because it is so stark in contrast, isn't it? You know, he was so. He'd changed so much by the time Louise came on board. He didn't want a companion there. He didn't like the companion of Leela. And, you know, as is no secret, he just sort of blurred the lines between, you know, Louise and the companion. And they didn't get on at the time. So he was, you know, to be blunt about it, Tom wasn't particularly nice to Louise on set back in the day. Mm. Um, And I think that sometimes comes across on screen. And it certainly does to me in Talon. As much as I love Tom. Um, so I did feel for Louise sitting there just because you, you sort of really feel the love between the Doctor and Sarah Jane, don't you? And the clips they were showing, and she did kind of mention it on stage in the interview as well, didn't she? Um, yeah, but anyway, they're all good. They are the best of friends now, and it's uh, I'm glad about that. I'm glad about that. But it still must have been a little bit orcs when you watch that because <laughs> she can't help but feel like, you Second know, fiddle, oh, it yeah. wasn't like that with me. Yeah, you know? and, uh, yeah so I... It's just a sh- well, I say it's a shame. It's uh, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's water under they the bridge for those click. guys yes, now. I suppose. Water under the bridge, yeah. However, I get what you're saying. So when we got to the special features at the end, and they showed that big Sarah Jane tribute thing, mm. and Tom's uh, like, "I adored Liz," and yeah, he's just, yeah. You got Louise sitting there in the audience, and to be fair, she did say when she came up on say on stage, she did say that she got a bit of a lump in her throat when because yes. she's got no animosity, but you know towards. List laden or anything, so it's uh, or Tom, no, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 just kind of orcs, as you say, to watch the to watch the episodes. Now, there's one scene in Salons when Leela comes downstairs in the in the the dress that has been picked out for her, and Tom mm. looks over and he shoots her a big smile and stuff, and there's a bit of warmth there. But that's the only sort of bit that you yes. see those two like that. Like you said at the other times, he doesn't even look at her most of the time. And, he, he doesn't. I, I, was, I was particularly watching this when we watched it this time. He, he doesn't look at her once at all. No. It, it's just one of those things that bugs me because I love the character of Leela and I think Louise Jameson's brilliant. But yeah, it's it, it, there is a, they do slightly warm to each other towards the end of her run, I think. A little but, bit. Um, yeah. 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 But no. So we. So to test your memory, bud. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Have we reviewed talons on the show? Yes, yes, we have. Oh, you know that. Okay, so uh, back in episode one hundred and four. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, which was only um, only four episodes before the Romans, mate. Funnily enough, really. Yeah, and, um, yeah. So one hundred and four. I gave it an eight, and you gave it a nine. A nine, yeah. Which actually, yeah. I would still stand by that. I, I think it's a very good story. Yeah, me too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that was us at the old BFI. Hmm watching talents which is great hopefully we'll see some of you guys at the next one whenever that may be uh but shall we park the tardis and do a bit of news yes let's do it first bit of news and the only bit of news i must Correct myself. The only bit of news we have uh, is a bit of a bummer, really, but it's, I don't think it's anything too serious. But Big Finish have temporarily suspended all of their recording sessions for the foreseeable future. 
due to the obvious reason of Mr. or Mrs. Coronavirus doing the rounds. So they haven't come out and said that anybody at Big Finish has tested for that or anything like that. This is sounds like just a precautionary measure just to make sure that they keep everybody safe and all that stuff. And they've taken this advice from the government stuff. This isn't anything that's Chinese whispers, anything like that. This is just a good old precautionary measure from those guys. And the uh, chairman of Big Finish, uh, Jason Hay-Ellery, has said, we have always worked considerably in advance. Indeed, some of our series have recording dates that are up to four years in advance of their release date. So we are lucky enough to have many productions already, quote-unquote, in the can. Subsequently, pausing recordings will cause minimal disruption to this year's releases. The majority of Big Finish's staff are freelance and work from home and are so fully able to continue to work remotely, whether writing productions or uh, for when we reopen the studios or editing and sound designing those productions already recorded. However, the safety of our actors is of paramount importance and given the advice by public health experts to limit the risk of transmitting the virus we have taken the decision to suspend our recording schedule in consultation with the studios that we have on a regular basis. We will obviously continue to review all productions on a case-by-case basis and take further expert advice where necessary. At the moment, it is our hope to proceed with the annual Big Finish Day gathering on the 6th of June Mm -hmm. at Quad Derby. If the situation changes, we will inform those who have bought tickets as early as possible. For now, however, it's business as usual for Big Finish. So I think this is a really good shout, buddy, from Big Finish, mainly because the bulk of the actors that they have for Big Finish are on the older end of the spectrum, should we say. Mm -hmm. And because they fall into a more high-risk category for corona, this is a good good move by those guys because we'd hate to see anything happen to our our beloved older doctors. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, can totally understand this. As I said, it's a, it's great that they record so far in advance because I I remember um, Nick Briggs saying about the Tom Baker adventures. I think they've recorded, like like you said, the next four or five years worth already or something crazy like that. So, yeah, it's great. They obviously plan well ahead. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's absolutely right to take to take that action, I think. Makes you wonder, actually, is Series um, 13 been postponed filming because the, the BBC have started shutting down shows like EastEnders, which is currently suspended from filming, thank goodness, and um, and something else as well. So <laughs> I, I hate the soaps. I, do, I just yeah. wondered if, um, I don't know if Series 13 has been affected yet in terms of the filming. I don't know when that was due to start. So maybe that hasn't been affected yet. No, I've not heard of anything. To be honest no. with you, I don't think that's even started production yet. No, I could no. be wrong on that, but I don't think that's starting production until the end of April, or was due to until the end of April. So I'm not sure. I think pre-production and all that stuff is full swing, and I'm not sure if that's yeah. uh, if that's being affected. We haven't heard anything, but then again, the BBC, God bless them, they have been a bit flaky over the last couple of series with <laughs> with news and updates and stuff. So yeah, I don't know, bud, but yeah, I don't think anything's too crazy at the, for Doctor Who at the moment. No, but I think you you said it. You're right. Big finish is right to take this decision because, like people like Tom Baker, for example. I mean, I, I was saying this to someone um, at the at the event. Is you know, in terms of conventions and things, and and also recordings like this. You know, people like Tom. Tom's in his eighties now, isn't he? And you you know, 
will we see him at conventions again at the moment? You know, it's best that he doesn't attend and it's best that he doesn't go to things like this because, you know, hate anything to happen to Uncle Tom. That would just be the worst. So, but yeah, it makes you think of the, you know, the knock-on effect from this is just, it just affects everything, doesn't it? Like the thought of Tom never doing a convention again, it's heartbreaking, but obviously you wouldn't want him to, you know, Exactly. Anything to happen to him. Yeah, so you yeah. just got to accept it. But yeah, but thankfully they've got lots of Tom in the can for big finish. So, you know, they can keep rolling those out, which is good. Indeedy. Yes. So that's all we have for news. Just that update from big finish. Nothing else really going on as expected right now. Mm. So let's see what we've got for merch. Okay. Merch corner. Merch corner. Merch corner. It's a bit rubbish. But it's pretty. It's very pretty. Well, there you are, young man. What do you think of that now, eh? A Viking helmet. I know. It's on the telly. It's everywhere. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. I work in a shop now. Here to help. <laughs> Anyways. The, Gets in your head, that one, it does. <laughs> yeah. the only bit of merch we have is we have some soundtracks up for mm. release coming in the next few months when these are out. These are out in May, on the 1st of May, from Silver Screen Records. You will be able to buy The Sunmakers from the... Oh, what series is that? I can't remember. It's the one series after Talons, isn't it? Uh, yeah whichever one i don't is. know either yeah such uh, a fake fan <laughs> the sun makers which is uh, all of the music from dudley simpson which is cool and also you'll be able to pick up the visitation mm. with music by paddy kingsland which is also very cool uh, so the sun makers louise jameson did say that she really likes the sun makers she loves it yeah she thinks it's a very good script etc and uh yeah so there's no um, there's no gumph to go with these other than uh, a short bit from Paddy on the visitation where he says we decided early on that the music should have a period flavour together with the usual high tech in brackets at the time um, synthesizer sounds. Peter was my favourite Doctor Who director and was always enormously encouraging and positive. He generously gave me the freedom to do my own thing, but always knew if we if something needed to be adjusted. Uh, I had about a week to put together the music for an episode before going to the dub. Wow, that's a not a long time, is it? A week. Um, uh, the score is quite somber, although there are elements of yay verily type music to get some scenes which have a lighter texture. I played all the parts using the synthesizers of the day. And uh, also played the bass guitar, drums and cymbals, not to mention my trusty Fender Mustang guitar. So old Paddy, man, he, uh, having to play all the instruments, write it all and do all that in a week. That's it's crazy. Unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, as you guys know, Adam and I are big fans of The Visitation. It's just such a quirky cool story with some great characters yeah so it's all coming true it is mate yeah so i've picked up all, um the other classic soundtracks that have been released over the past couple of years we had survival that was out we had mm. uh, i think we had k's of Andrazani or something like that a, a davison one uh and they're just oh we had um oh, what did we have the trouton story Crotons. The Crotons, that was it. Yeah. Mm. So these are really, really cool. I love these. And uh, these are the only exception to my recent rule of the last couple of years where I will buy 
the physical uh, discs for these. Covers are really nice, aren't they? I, I yeah. think it's Clayton Hickman maybe that's done these. Not 100% sure, but um, really, really nice covers. I, I particularly like the Sunmakers one, actually. That is... Mm. So it's got like Tom stood at the top of the building with the Sunmakers emblem thing behind him in the sky. It's beautiful cover, that. Um, yeah, well, you don't even need to ask, do you? Obviously, I'll be getting these. Um, I love Paddy's music as well. I love like the, the Fifth Doctor era, all those funny little echoey sound effects. Um, wonderful stuff. So I can't remember a lot of music from the Sunmakers, I'll be honest. But it's Dudley <laughs> Simpson, so it's bound to be good. It's going to it's gonna be good. But like you, I'm just thinking, what does that... I can't remember what... That's that score sounds like. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't remember nothing at all. I can't really can't remember it. But yeah, I'll be picking up both of these. I'm wondering if they're going to do them on um, vinyl because these would yeah. make beautiful vinyl covers. They would. Doesn't say anything, yeah. does it? It says CDs due out, but mm. yeah, I'm um, not sure. They did vinyl for the others, so hopefully, cause I'll definitely get these on vinyl if they did. Um, talking to Dudley, while I remember, did, I meant to say to you at the time, did you spot him? in talons on the saturday i'm sure you know he's in the orchestra pit doing the that's right because yep. yeah he's in there twice isn't he? i thought there's old dudley hey <laughs> getting a little cameo so, yeah that was yes, cool that yeah yeah so yes these are definite pickup for me my friend yes get them in the trolley in the trolley the, in yeah. the virtual trolley because i probably won't be going to the shop but yeah, yeah. get them in the virtual trolley I'm just having a look at the other soundtracks that I picked up. I'm sure you picked these up as well. Um, oh, yes. Uh, it was Caves of Androzani, The Crotons, oh, yeah. Ghost Lights, and The Daleks, uh, Hartnell Dalek. Story, and Survival. Yeah. Yes. They're all very, so, very good. Somewhere I've got um, the soundtrack to Terror of the Zygons, which is a, quite an old release on CD. That's a really nice score because it's quite different. Mm. Um, but I don't know if that's even in print anymore. Probably not. It isn't in print anymore. Nope. I want the soundtrack to um, City of Death. Go on, hum the tune, hum the little thing. Oh, how's it go? Because um, <laughs> I remember, I remember tweeting Mark Air saying, "Why don't you get that soundtrack? <laughs> Why don't you get that City of Death soundtrack out, Mark?" And he's like, "No, we don't. It doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist in the archives." I'm thinking, but surely you could use your magic to. <laughs> lift that from the serial it must be a way to do it must be yeah yeah because um, he's your, brilliant mark uh, Ayers. So <laughs> it's great just yeah. i know he listens he's, he's fantastic i think doing what he does yeah. all the remastering and stuff but yeah there must be a way to bring that to our ears no not if they haven't got the original original tapes i don't well, think can't they put a little tape cassette recorder to the tv like i used to record, <laughs> record it off that <laughs> If you want a yeah, well, yeah. If you want like the soundtrack in little ten second snippets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say you had one of your Stephen Moffat drunk with a bottle of wine in front of the TV minute moments, did I've you? I've got this, yeah. Tweeting. <laughs> Oi, Mark. Oi. Are we getting this or what? <laughs> yeah. Pull your finger out, Mark. What are you doing? <laughs> and the other soundtrack as well that I forgot to mention that I picked up, which has got a very unique cover, which is one of the best classic who soundtracks is the five doctors oh one of my faves yeah but anyway enough to do with those ones it's the uh it's the sun makers and the visitation that's out mm. on the first of may so if you head over to so silver screen records have got their own doctor who dedicated website for the soundtracks it's just doctor who music.com or doctorwhomusic.co.uk one of the two uh, you'll be able to uh, order it they're not out for pre-order yet but you'll be able to to find them on there. Yes. Uh, and they've got some older 
soundtracks on there, but I don't know if they're still in print or we can order them. I'm not sure, but there Doctor we go. Doctor Who music. Do you know, I didn't know they had their own. I'm looking at it now. Oh, for God's sake. I didn't know they had their own thing. Because I always go to the Silver Screen mm-hmm. website, um, but didn't know they had their own Doctor Who. Well, very nice. Looking at it now. Series 11. Oh, yeah, we've got Series 12 coming out as well. When's that out? Christ knows. That was, when was that announced? Last year? Year before? Series 12. I don't know. That's coming out soon, though. Oh, no, not Series 12. What's the one that's been... Was it Series 10 that we've been waiting on? Oh, Series 10. Yeah, no, you're never going to get it. Moe's too, too far, too busy to, yeah. to put that together. No, you're never going to get Series 10. But Yeah, Series 12 is coming out soon. Yes. <laughs> don't know when. Don't know when. Don't, don't know, know how. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, that's news and merch. We're going to crack on with our review for this week. What are we doing, dude? Wowzers. So, yeah, um, hard to believe it's been and gone in a heartbeat. Uh, <laughs> so we're looking back at Series 12. It's very deep in all our memories. In our identity. Brace yourself. Because everything is about to change. Now you get to face the truth. What? Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the doctor. You miss me, right? Whatever you want with me. Fine. I saved my friends. Something's coming for me. I can feel it. Let it come. To be this. Because sometimes this team structure isn't flat. It's mountainous, with me at the summit, in the stratosphere, alone. Left to choose. I don't suppose you've seen anything weird around you. Don't make me do the old soft shoe shuffle. Which one of you hurt my penny? How long is this going to last, Jules? I don't know what the doctor. Get out of here. I know this place is where your mind is. The last of this, Matrix. Forget how powerful you are. Lives change worlds. People can save planets or wreck them. That's the choice. Be the best of humanity. There are no bogeymen. Nothing to be worried about. That's not true. That's not true. Thank you very much for the trailer from, there was a YouTube channel called Lightstream Productions or Light Studio, something like that. I couldn't find any contact information on your about page on YouTube. So, uh, but I'll put a link in the show notes. It's a very good trailer visually to watch. I mean, so series 12, bud, like you said, it was felt like it was, it's been and gone in a heartbeat. We've waited (laughs) so long for it. Remember last year we were, just going through like every month we were counting down the days and the weeks and, and then we got it. And then it just seemed to, uh, when you're going through it, it's not too bad. I think when we got to sort of episode three and then six and then seven, it was like, you know, this is all great. Doctor Who's back on the TV. But then when you got to episode eight and that was done, it was like, wow, there's only two parts left and that's the finale. That's one story. And then bosh, it was, it was done, been and gone. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it was a long time coming. It was a lot of. I remember there was a lot of uh, massive expectation and pressure on series twelve, purely because series eleven was so divided. 
Mm. You know, it was a very mixed bag of of stuff. And we had, I remember when Series 11 was going out and shortly after it went out, we saw the best and the worst of fandom. We, it really did divide, you know, everybody, not just mm. because of having a female doctor, but also because of the new showrunner and a lot of the scripts and the writing and the new companions, you know, everything changed at that point. So series 12 had to really had to kind of um, be on its, on its a game, if you like, because there was lots of fans that moved away from the show after series 11. I hate saying that, but there was, there was a lots of no, fans is. that yeah. that said, you know, I, I'm done with it. You know, I'm not happy with, and some of them, like I said, some of them were quite respectful. They were like, look, it's great that you guys all like it and that's fine, but this just new direction's not for me. So I'm not going to watch it anymore. And uh, so they lost a lot of fans from series 11. I don't know if they gained a lot of fans. I'm, I'm hoping that there was a, a large generation of, of younger people who wanted to watch new sci-fi that jumped on board and really liked it. You know, young, young girls that wanted a role model and all that stuff, hoping mm. that all that, you know, you know, it, it did, did the business for all that stuff. So series 12 had to, had to come back strong. It had to, there was a lot of criticism, like I said, for the writing and stuff. There was a lot of criticism on Jodie. We certainly laid out a lot of criticism for her for series 11. We bashed her a lot for not being not, not so much her fault hundred percent because the scripts weren't exactly great for her, but we did, we did bash her a lot for not being as very assertive, not being confident enough. Um, lots of exposition, lots of sonic usage, lots of childish quips and humors and all that stuff that, you know, we, we did bash quite heavily. Mm. So series 12 had to be stronger, had to be cleverer, had to be, uh, had to give us something to get our teeth into in terms of a decent arc that we could look forward to throughout the story. And they did that, I think with the master coming back and this whole timeless child thing and all that jazz. So it needed to do all the, all of that stuff. So as usual, mate, did you, do you think that series 12 accomplished all of that? How do you feel it went overall? I feel it achieved uh, quite a lot of that. Um, maybe not all of it, maybe not quite as much as I would have liked, but I think it certainly did achieve a lot of it. Yeah. It feels very different to series 11 uh, in a good way. I think um, it, it just, it feels more assured. It feels a lot more confident. Um, and I think the big sort of plus for me was in terms of the storytelling, the one thing, because a lot of the things that bugged people about series 11 weren't necessarily the things that sort of bugged me that my biggest problem with series 11 was the lack of monsters and you know just the threat level was just so you never really the story even nice you know stories that i liked like demons of the punjab i thought it was a lovely beautiful story but you know the, the aliens were week, week after week the aliens were just so bland or boring if we even got them you know so the the thing that i think they really stepped up in series 12 was the monsters and the threat level we obviously had a, a few returning monsters as well to make it feel a bit more familiar and doctor who like um so yeah i think it, you know on the whole i think they did up their game quite a lot um and i think series 12 was certainly brave in many respects i think the arc worked really well um some people like arc some people don't uh, i think it depends how they're done how how they're resolved uh, that sort of thing but 
I, I think they managed to just insert enough during this series in each episode to sort of keep you intrigued. And um, there are a lot of really good surprises along the way in series 12. I mean, hats off to Chibnall for managing to keep these surprises under wraps because that can't be easy, Uh, especially things like the master reveal at the end of Spyfall. I know some people knew about it. I didn't have a clue. I was absolutely, yeah, same. Yep. I was absolutely stunned when he turned out to be the master. I thought that was just brilliant. Um, the Joe Martin Doctor, uh, you know, a great reveal, a real W. I nearly saw the a real WTF moment. Um, <laughs> things like that, you know. So yeah, there, and Jack coming back as well. There, there were some really nice surprises in this, and it really, for me. I don't want to say it felt more like Doctor Who because that sounds like a disservice to Series 11. And I do think, like you said, we there was a lot that didn't click for us mm. in Series 11 and clearly a lot that didn't click with long-term fans, I think. Um, so I don't mean that in a bad way, but I think this felt more like well, more like Doctor Who to me. It had, it had a, more elements of the you know the the past series to sort of bring it back into that universe um so i think in some ways series 11 when you go back and reflect on it now that we've got series 12 might benefit a little bit from that because it's you know it's like any series of doctor like i'm not particularly fond of the key to time but i like the fact it's different you know it's kind of there it, it stands out a little bit for being different i think sort of over time series 11 will feel a little bit like that in terms of, I don't think it'll ever be a favorite series, but I kind of like it because it tried to do something different and it's uh, takes a show in a different direction. So, but yeah, this definitely upped its game. I think series 12 uh, overall, there was a lot of stuff in there. I really, really liked. There's still some things that I, I'm amazed they haven't ironed out. Like the exposition telling is still quite ridiculous at times. Um, and I think that's an easy fix. I don't understand why they can't just make it a more natural flow in the script in terms of conversation. Mm. I don't know why they keep constantly giving Jodie these long um, bits of dialogue where she's explaining everything. I'm sure that could be ironed out fairly easily because it, it's it's still very noticeable. Um, yeah, before we get deep into it, yeah, just I think overall um, Series 12 was a was a decent series. There was a lot in there to enjoy and, and more to go back and watch again. I think, you know, you can, you can watch this and it will flow quite nicely. I think. Yes, I agree. What do you reckon? Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm with you on most of those points, mate. I can't really complain about that stuff. Um, I, one of the biggest contrasts for me between series 11 and 12 is Chris Chibnall, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it seems to be night and day difference. So most of the, so going back to series eleven, some of the stories that he wrote turned out to be the least enjoyable for lots of people, yeah. us included. But this time around, some of the best episodes were the ones that, that he wrote. So mm. it's obvious that there there was definitely a, a, some kind of agenda for series eleven. I'm certain of it. There was some kind of kind of plan that they wanted to do something with Doctor Who. And I imagine it's a case of, right, Chibnall wanted to do certain things, which I I think I'm confidently sure that he got round to doing in series 12. But in series 11, they just had to go through that establishment period of like, right, let's establish the new doctor, the Mm -hmm. new showrunner, the new new composer, the companions, the new TARDIS. There was so much new stuff 
that I think they just had to go through the motions, if you like, and, and get all of that stuff established before they then, you know, dived into the stories that they actually wanted to do, which is what they got around to doing in series 12. And the, the, the fact that the writing is such a massive turnaround from him between just one series after the other is a, kind of lends to that theory, I think. I think if you don't mind me just jumping in quickly, I think you're absolutely right. To me, series 11 feels like the series he felt like he needed to do. This feels like the series he wanted to do. Like I've always said, like if you're a Doctor Who fan and you get a chance to make the show you love, you must have got all these ideas in your head that you've had all these years that you wanted, you know, that you've always wanted to do if you got the chance. And I feel that, yeah, like you said, I think series 11, he probably wanted to establish a few things, but once he'd done that, he was going to do the series where he's, that he's always wanted to do. Like he clearly the timeless child thing. I am guessing he's, I, I don't know. I'm not, I've never been inside general's head, but I'm guessing, you know, over the years when he thought, Oh, if, if one day I'm producer of dot two, what would I like to do with it? I'm guessing that's what he'd like to do. A lot of people have said it's like fan fiction, but then surely anybody who's a dot two fan that gets to make the show, that's kind of, that's what they're going to do, isn't it? So it's what they've always wanted to, to bring to the show so yeah I, I absolutely agree with you on that point i think yes yeah. yeah no it's just sometimes you can tell like with certain actors who play the doctor or writers and stuff as you go through if they've been on the show for a while you go through each series and they have these little peaks and troughs you know nothing's ever amazing all the time and then similarly nothing's ever terrible all the time but you have these little peaks and troughs but with chibnall it's like christ mm. like, you know you went from down here to doing pretty poor scripts from you know overseeing and writing to like up here where it's now like these really really good stories so i think there must be an element of that in there and also we can almost apply the same thing to jody really because she's had a bit of a a turnaround from series 11 one of the 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 two biggest complaints we had about her in series 11 was one was the and i'm not saying this falls at jody's feet entirely because there's an element of like any anything, any actor, you can only work with the the, the script that you're given. You know, you, you have to rely on the quality scripts to be able to shine, you know, with your character. So these are not all at Jodie's feet. However, there was, we felt like even in some of the scenes where she had like a little speech to do or whatever, or she was confronting somebody, she just didn't come across as as, as assertive and sort of owning the scene and owning the show as, you know, all the previous actors who have played The Doctor have done. And secondly, again, this is down to the writing mainly, but these these childish little immature moments of, of humour, which are okay from time to time, but she seemed to do them all the time in Series 11. So here we, we get a, a much sterner Doctor, a lot more uh, darker Doctor. I think we, we it seems that the, the companions and the Doctor, there was a bit more of a divide in this series. So the Doctor was a bit darker. She could tell that something big was on the horizon, something big was coming. And she didn't want to endanger those guys for a start, but also she closed down a little bit when they start to, to started to prod into, like, who actually are you and what's your history and stuff? She kind of closed down a bit. And and we, we also lost some of that childish humour as well. They, they kind of they ditched that a little bit. There was a couple of scenes littered throughout where it was kind of like, that but it wasn't as bad and then just generally her performance overall i thought was just you know quite a bit better than what we saw in in series 11 yes i'd agree i think for me it feels like jody's really starting to enjoy this 
the part she's playing. It just you could feel it going through in her performance. She's definitely feels more comfortable, um, and I think a lot of that is that because they're giving her more to work with as well in terms of developing her doctor. Like I said, I love all the stuff when. Because in series eleven, all the quips and funniness, you just it felt very forced, and you just felt like there was no sort of um, it was just one tone all the time. It seemed like oh, they're just the doctor's just quirky and silly and a bit seemed a bit stupid at times, to be honest. Whereas in this one, they've shown that actually that that's a bit of a front. So yeah, the doctor's all thing, but then actually when you get her in her quieter moments alone, that you see the real doctor. So yeah, and I think that's that was definitely the way it to go with it like you know so then you sort of think oh a bit like i think tenant did that didn't he where he's like i'm always fine you know it just shows that the doctor puts on this front he wants everybody to be happy he wants everything to be good but underneath it all he's got it all going on Mm -hmm. he's trying to think how to actually solve the problem defeat the villain and uh whereas we didn't see much of that side in series 11 series 12 yeah we've definitely seen the other side of the doctor of when when she's alone she's you know, worried, she's concerned, she's wants to be isolated. And it's, yeah, and I really liked it when we got scenes like that. It, it was just so nice to see a bit of development. Um, and Jodie, I think, really stepped up to the, you know, the plate. She really upped her game in, in those scenes. Um, I, I, I do still feel a little, I've really warmed to her, but there's still something, just a little something missing at times. And, uh, and I'm going to just, come back to something you said in the time of child review when you said about the fire in her belly i think sometimes she's given lines that i just think she throws away a bit in terms of her performance so there's a scene where she turns to the master and she's like has it cured the rage and she just says it really sarcastically i would have loved to sort of like really tear into him like has it cured the rage you know mm-hmm. let, let's see a bit more mm-hmm. fire from jody because i i think she's i think she'd be fantastic if she was directed a bit like that sometimes not all the time i just want to see her lose it a bit more because yeah um yeah. you know when you see her give a little bit of that in her performance you think gosh she's good yeah. you know but i think again i'm not trying to make excuses for jody but i think a lot of it is down to the writing and the direction like yes. there's a scene where yeah. the master says i can see it in your eyes doctor and she does this sort of almost childish she sort of looks away is that oh don't look in my eyes think it's, it's sort of, it's like she's in a play, you know, you, you need stronger, you need the director to say, no, 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 don't do that. Just just look at him and, you know, get intensity. Because when her and Sasha, when her and the master were up against each other, when she's faced with a real, um, you know, someone giving a good performance, she gives just as good as them. And so in the scenes of her and Sasha, she's absolutely nailing it. Yeah. Um, but again, you just we just needed to see a bit more of that thing. But yeah, she's, she's definitely... Uh, up to game. I, I am warming to Jodie. I just still don't, I just still don't love her as much as I do other doctors. And that's, that's a perfectly natural thing. It's just, it's like any doctor, you know, there are doctors that I like more than others. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, just the way it's going to be. She's never going to be, I don't think, um, up there with any of my favorite doctors. It's just something missing for me in terms of the connection. But I do think she's a good doctor. She's definitely, you know, she definitely holds her own. I think after this series, yeah, she. I think she does. Yeah, and I think series thirteen. If we go on the improvement from eleven to twelve, I think series thirteen we should, fingers crossed, get an even stronger performance from Jodie. Um, and it's. I hate doing this as well, but I hate comparing, you know, performances and actors and stuff. But if you think about, remember in the end of time part two when David Tennant 
has, he thinks he's defeated everything and he saved the day. And then when Wilf taps on the glass, mm-hmm. that the next five minutes from Tennant there, when he's literally screaming at the top of his lungs, like so much more. Yeah. You know, that, that's the, that's the kind of thing that I wanted to see Jodie be like when she's confronting the master, mm. you know, just that real, just out and out either, uh, you know, that emotional, um, outpour, you know, combined with a little bit of anger and stuff. That's the kind of thing that I really wanted her to. And there were some scenes, like you said, there were some lines that she almost threw away where she had the opportunity to do that. Mm. And maybe she did. Maybe that stuff that's ended up on, on the cutting room floor, maybe she did. We don't know, but the direction and the writing is, has come through like, and I think we said it a few times that it feels like not just Jodie, but some of the episodes at times where they're going through it and you feel like, right, this is, this is a good episode and you get to sort of 80, 85% and it stops there. Yeah. You know, it, it kind of, it's got this glass ceiling that it can't seem to sort of get through. There's like that extra chunk where if you, if they just allowed her or not, that's the wrong phrase. If they pushed her to, to get to that point a couple of times, then we could have had a couple of 10 out of 10 stories or 10 out of 10 performances. But I don't know. It just, even some of the better stories in this one, like, like Spyfall wasn't too bad, but things like, um, Fugitive of the Jadoon and, uh, the, the, the finale two-parter and, um, uh, the Villa Dietardi episode, even those episodes that we rated fairly highly, that are great episodes, they still just couldn't get up to that, that point because of the, of a few scenes where Jodie was just like, it's, it's frustrating in a way because mm. we can see that she's absolutely such a great actress and she, she could probably do that with her eyes shut if she was allowed to, but she mm. was, I don't know. It just felt like they've, they're keeping her at this kind of simmer level. She's like simmering rather than boiling, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I do. I do know what you're getting at because it, I think that is the thing. It's, um, it's, it's more the way that they sort of, very often write her doctor to be two steps behind the, you know, the, the answer or the villain. Like they, they do, they do write her a little bit silly sometimes. Like she always seems to just be one step behind in terms of solving, you know, I know you've got to do that cause you've got to, the doctor can't just solve it in the first 10 minutes, but she quite often seems sort of quite cowardly in the way she's written. Mm-hmm. And I don't like, you know, I want to see the doctor stepping up. And that's why I liked the scenes between her and the master. You know, the bit where she grabbed the master's throat. Brilliant. Let's, let's see the doctor losing it a bit. You know, don't be afraid to, to push her to those limits, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and the great scene at the end, uh, which kind of just lost it, was, you know, when she was going to detonate and she's really facing off the master. He's like, go on, do it, doctor, go on. And she's like, oh, is she going to press the button? And, you know, and then she just runs off. And I'm sure they could write, you know, again, I'm, I am going to put this at the foot of the writing. I'm not making excuses for Jay. I'm putting, there must have been a way to have written that scene better because it was, it was reaching, like you said, it was like 80, 90%. Oh my God, the doctor's, oh, what's she going to do? <laughs> Oh, she's going to give it to someone to kill himself and run off. Oh, don't write the doctor as a coward or, a, you know, and she's, it, I don't know. I just wish that they would write her a bit more intelligent um, and, and a little bit more. Actually, they, to be fair, they did write her a bit more in, in terms of she, she did stand up to a few people a bit more in series 12, actually. She did, I'd, I'd like to see a bit more because the reason I backtracked on that is because I'm thinking of um, 
Orphan 55, where the doctor walked in the room and she was very sort of quite, she was very strong, actually. I remember she's quite confrontational with one of the characters in that. So that's why I backtracked there, because there were moments like that where the doctor walks in, totally takes charge. Um, like in Orphan 55, she did that at the start. So that's why I backtracked there. But I'd like to see more of that. You know, there are so many scenes where the doctor just seems to look a bit gormless. Um, uh, you know, and I know she's supposed to be in peril, worried, whatever, but it happens a bit too much. I think I'd like yeah. to see her more command in the room. Um, yeah, especially if, uh, especially if you're a fan of classic Doctor Who as well as mm. modern Doctor Who, because even, uh, even, um, uh, Talons that we watched at the weekend, when, when the doctor and Leela arrive in London, the first thing they see is this poster, isn't it, for um, for the magic show? And it, as soon as the doctor sees that poster, you can see the cogs working. Yes, yeah, in his mind, Absolutely. and he's already piecing together. And then as they're walking around the streets, it's a bit like when uh, McCoy's doctor, when they arrive back in Perivale in uh, in Survival, uh, Ace is out, and she's uh, she's you know jabbering away as usual but you can tell in the doctor's face that he knows that something's not right and he immediately starts piecing together all the clues and there's nothing even obvious around him to that jumps out that says right this is the problem but you can just see the cogs turning whereas yes, you don't that's... you don't get that with with jody it's almost like you said she's a step behind and that's i think why we get all that exposition because yeah. we're seeing obviously the story and the adventure through along with the doctor so because the doctor's a step behind, we get all that exposition because we now need to be caught up because we're behind as well. Absolutely. You know, so we get all of that. We didn't get it as much in this series, but unfortunately we did get get it a few times, but we do have those moments where, ah, right, you know, as the viewer, we're like, oh, it's probably that, or it's probably that, or it might be that. And then the doctor goes through it. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we thought it was going to be that. So I completely see what you're saying, mate. The cogs turning is is a major thing. That's it. You kind of hit the nail on the head. That's what I want to see. I want to see, even if the doctor hasn't got the answer yet, I want to see more of, like you said, her thinking it through. Like, I like to think the doctor's in control even when he hasn't got the answer. Like, McCoy was great at that. And and I'd like to see the doctor sort of um, being a bit cleverer. So, again, going back to Talons, you know, when the doctor's trapped in the underground dungeon or whatever with Jago and Lightfoot and... Instead of like now, where the doctor would just use a sonic and open the door, um, you know, the doctor builds a, he, he uses what's in the room, doesn't he? He's like, right, disconnect that gas pipe. Let's get this door blown off. You know, he, he uses his brain. And I would love to see 13, you know, being written to use her brain more, you know, just make her a little bit more intelligent, a little bit more switched on, I think. So, yeah, again, I, and I know we shouldn't compare doctors, but you do because it's supposed to be at the end of the day, he's supposed to have all that knowledge, isn't he? Yes. That he's, you know, he's yeah. lived a long time. Mm-hmm. So he's, you know, so I, I would just, in terms of enjoyment as well, I'd just love to see the doctor more active in terms of solving situations um, and, and maybe just not always relying on the sonic. I mean, that scene where she was tied up in Can You Hear Me and the Blimmin' Sonic did a lightsaber. You know, it's a shot out of her pocket into her hand, which is still not quite sure how that happened. Um, It's just so, it's so easy. And I know people are going to say, yeah, but we've only got 50 minutes to tell the story, not six episodes. Fair enough. You've got to move the story on. But when it's week after week, it it gets a bit tiresome, really. You know, it gets a bit lazy in terms of, um, I just would like to see her doing something different, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, one week. Yeah. No, no, I completely agree. And, uh, 
even when the Doctor hasn't got all the answers in front of him, he's still got that grand plan sometimes mm. in previous Doctors, like uh, something like uh, like the Capaldi story, Heaven Sent, you know, where he's he face, you know, he's he's basically trapped for thousands of years, mm. you know, going round and round in circles and, you know, chipping away at the wall and stuff. Uh, even then he's got, I don't know, he just seems to know what's going on. And he's got like the long game sorted out, you know, the cogs have turned, you know, he, he figures out what he needs to do. Yeah. We just don't quite get that with Jodie. You know? mm. so. it's, it's heading in the right direction though. It is that's like, why, that's yep. why I think um, hopefully in, in series 13, I really hope they continue that and, and take a few more risks with, with her doctor, you know, don't be afraid to push her to that, that, level if you like um i think she's works best when she's not with the fam as well i don't know about you i think jody's much stronger when she's not when uh, sorry when she's on her own or or you know when she's up against you know uh one of the villains face to face just her she seems to when she's with the fam they write her as being all quirky and silly don't they quite a lot of the time when she when yeah. she's forced to just go on her own she seems to really get stuck in and i i like that no, I completely agree, mate. There were some stories where they did separate the companions out a little bit more this time, yeah, which was good. And uh, yeah, it was great when she was just on her own, got a detective hat on, and she's you know out there doing it. And she didn't have the constant because that's one of the downsides to having a quite a busy TARDIS team mm. is that you've always got somebody chatting away <laughs> or or doing something and. You know, we had it back in Davison's era for a while where there's always somebody chanking on, you know, <laughs> and you just want the doctor just to shine through a little bit. And yeah. you know who I mean by chanking on as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it does feel like that a little bit with a with a three companion team going on. So no, I uh, completely agree. It's great when she's off on her own sometimes. That's one of the things I'm not sure that did improve in series 12 was that the use of the companions i think um there were good things i think yaz's development was good i'm I'm really warm to yaz i like her uh graham kind of got pushed in the background quite a lot this series he still had a few funny lines there were some great bits when he was dressed as the cyberman couldn't get the cyberham off you know comic relief stuff great the shoe thing a lot of people found that funny i didn't the laser shoes but you know what i mean so he was used for comic exposition but in terms of his storyline and all of that didn't really go anywhere this series. So like series 11, we had all the stuff with him and Brian having that friction. Now they're getting on really well, which is good, but it doesn't feel like there's much more to give from those characters. I mean, Ryan, there is one scene, <laughs> there is one scene in, I think it's, um, uh, what's it called? Essential of the Cybermen, where he's just stood in the background. He looks so bored. And I, <laughs> I honestly, I swear I'm not lying. I honestly thought, does he know he's on camera? Like, did he even realize they were filming? Because he looks like he's just zoned out. It looks like he's just waiting for them to shout, action. And it just, you know, there, are, it, there were lots of times where Ryan just looks incredibly bored. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it was good that they split them up a lot in this series. They did try to to uh, make it interesting in that respect, but I still think they struggle to find things for them all to do, um, which is why I just kind of liked it when, yeah, okay, they're out of the way. Let's, you know, let the doctor get on with it. You know, it was it made for, it was better to watch. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Talking to the companions, we had a bit more from Yaz this series, which was good. Yeah, I like Yaz. And we had a bit less from Ryan and Graham, which I think was needed because if you're going to, because we had the whole Ryan and Graham thing escalating throughout series 11, 
So there wasn't much more for those guys to do for, for in terms of their storyline. So we got to see a bit more from Yaz, which is good. And Yaz was actually pretty good uh, throughout Series 12. Quite really yep. like Yaz. I do. I must admit, I, going forward in Series 13, though, I again, I don't, even though I've liked Yaz, um, I, I think they're kind of done. I would really like to see the Doctor get a new companion in Series 13, uh, you know, a bit like with Bill. Uh, when we brought Bill in in Series 10, oh, yeah. it really freshened things up and it, it Capaldi gives, you know, a, a quite a different performance in terms of his relationship with the companion and it just made it so much more interesting and I, I really do feel we could do with that in Series 13. If Yaz is to stay on, I'll be happy with that, but in many ways I would like to see a new companion come in. I'd like to see all three of them go. I kind of feel there's stories done that they, they were there they introduced you know the, the new doctor I'm not, I'm not sure how much further we can go with their characters to be honest I, I would love to see a new companion come in just one as well just the doctor and a companion totally freshen up series 13 that's what i would like to see but yeah i don't I know agree. if we'll go down that road to be honest yeah well there's we've had some rumors haven't we from a certain newspaper in the uk that uh, Tosin Cole and Bradley Walsh have, uh, mm. uh, once the special goes out, the revolution of the Daleks, that's their last story. Yeah. So it feels like if you go on that, which we never do anyway until it's officially announced, then it it might just be a Doctor and Yaz situation for Series 13. Which could work, I think. Yeah. Could work well. Yeah. Okay, but I'm definitely up for a smaller TARDIS team. Yeah. At, at the moment, you know, it's... It, it must be it must be a real struggle for the writers to find stuff for those guys to do every week, and they haven't. You know, there are some episodes where you have episodes, uh, companions just standing around, like you said, just standing around in the background, not contributing much, and it's just a, it's a real it's a real big design challenge for the writers to um to make it useful for them to be around, basically. And I don't even think, I don't even want them to be killed off. I mean, I think it would just, you know, I think that's the thing now. Whenever we talk about getting rid of a companion, we always say, which one's going to die? Well, <laughs> why do they have to die? I mean, can't it just be like the classic series? Like, think of that lovely send-off that um, Ian and Barbara got. I absolutely love that. They get dropped back on Earth a couple of years too late. And then they get on a bus and they go around <laughs> Trafalgar Square and they're just back into normal life. And, you know, we don't always have to, kill them off no. i know it's dramatic but i think it'd be quite nice just drop the you know just drop graham and uh, ryan back home let them settle back into that and yaz if you want you know just it, there are you know it could still be a nice ending like i said think about that scene with ian and barbara it's a it's a lovely ending it, it doesn't yeah. it's just as good as having a dramatic oh no ryan's been killed you know uh, you know for those that aren't a fan of ryan they probably want him killed but you know what i mean it's like doesn't have to be a death to be good you know I, I don't really want to see any of them killed off if i'm honest i just want them no, what about you i get the feeling you want one of them to go no not necessarily well I, I want one of them i want a couple of them to go but not necessarily be killed no no you know, they haven't exactly. stooped down to kind of they haven't stooped down to adric levels of of no, annoyance just yet yeah <laughs> if they were going to get rid of i mean if they were going to kill one i think the moment would have been in um resolution when, you know, I thought Ryan's dad or I thought maybe Ryan was going to go fly out the TARDIS door to save his dad. So, you know, that would have been the moment to, oh, if you're going to yeah. kill one off. But yeah, 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 I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see though. So Revolution of the Daleks, which is out either Christmas Day, but more likely New Year's Day. 
Mm. We'll see. We'll see. But I th- you never know with the tabloids, though. Sometimes they get it bang on. Other times it's, you know, completely just idiotic reporting just to get a headline as usual. So we're really mm. not sure, but we'll see. But yeah, the Companions, um, no real complaints as such. It's just, so it just felt like a bit, some dead weight in some of the yeah, episodes. That's yeah. what it was, yeah. Is so, the uh, TARDIS interior growing on you yet? A little. A little bit. Not much. I mean, I, I still think it's, the problem is, you just as I start to get used to it, and I'm going to apply this to the Doctor as well, just as I start to think warm towards the Doctor and the TARDIS, you bring in the Jadine episode with Joe Martin's Doctor, who's incredibly strong and kicks <laughs> ass, and then she's got this gorgeous TARDIS. It just reminds you think, oh, so I don't. Yeah, I am warming to it, but then I see see the Joe's TARDIS, and I'm like, oh, that is that is. It was if you brought the show back it? with that, yeah. <laughs> God, it's fantastic, it and it's so it's nice. just perfect. Actually, I I never thought anything could be perfect, but that TARDIS console is just fantastic. Um, it just really just is. It just oh, I just can't get. I just can't praise it enough i love it it was um, gorgeous, so yeah man. i mean jody's yeah. is warm and it's snug and all that sort of stuff and it, it just the problem is it just feels because it's got that weird wall that you see the you see the other side of it feels too much like a set if you see what i mean because they almost show <laughs> when they walk onto it almost show too much because you see the outside wall don't you it's i, I in terms of the way it can be shot and it must be difficult to film it any other way i just don't think it really works um, but I like the fact we've had little bits added in. And she's got this weird sort of crystal thingy that she plonks things in that gives readings and stuff. So I like to call that. And you've got the steps that she goes up. And I think they're making the most of it. But I still just don't think it really works, to be honest. I, I hate the crystal stuff. Yeah. Is that that yeah. for me, I think if you took a, if you took that away, it might be better. I don't know. It, it just It's just that that I don't really like. The big crystal lump oh, in yeah, the middle yeah. of the console yeah. and... It's a bit weird. Yeah. yeah, it still hasn't grown on me, mate, if I'm honest with you. I no. just can't seem to get into that. It's not, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely my least favourite interior out of every single interior I've seen of all of Doctor Who. I know that's harsh, but I just can't seem, I can't get my head into, into I'm it. trying to think because I've never been a fan. I've never been a fan of Matt's console, the the sort of orangey, yeah, I wasn't at well, first. The one that's got a but, petrol thingy on the car. I hate that yeah. petrol. <laughs> well, uh, I wasn't at first. thing on the console, yeah. Yeah, but I, that did grow on me mm. uh, quite quickly, actually. I, I quite like it now. I suppose the thing is, it depends really, because I'm not a fan of, see, that console, Matt's console, I don't know what series that is, but that console's really messy. Seven, I'm talking about the orangey one with yeah. the big round screen and all that rubbish. Um, I've never been a fan of that and I'm not really a fan of this one because it's so messy. I like, you know, like Joe Martin's TARDIS, it's so clean and, I don't know, just so neat. <laughs> but that, So maybe that's just me. That's just how I like things. I don't like the sort of messy... I suppose you'd call it steampunk, wouldn't you? All that that's right, rubbish kind all of. over the console. What is all that stuff? But we had that from Eccleston, though, really. Yeah, but I'm not really a fan yeah. of it. It's okay. I, I mean... That sort of organic thing that they go for. I yes. don't know. Yeah. I just I just like switches and <laughs> and um, what's that thing the first doctor turns around that's got the it's actually got the label written on it because they forgot to say oh well I like all that stuff dials and knobs and <laughs> buttons and scanners and roundels I, that's what I like because I'm 
I'm old. Fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You like all that kind I love of all that. retro-y. Yeah. I'll read it. Yeah. I, I would have liked to have seen a bit more of the TARDIS as well. I, I don't think the I don't think Chibnall likes the TARDIS. He signed lines it a lot. Yeah. Half the time we don't even see it land. So I don't think he's a fan of the TARDIS, whereas I am. I love it when we're in the TARDIS. But yeah, I'd like to see more rooms. Like there are quite a lot of scenes I think we've said before where the, the fam are just stood around <laughs> and you're thinking, so if they're traveling with the doctor, they always just stood around like that, looking really awkward. Like where's the sofas? Where's you know the Eccleston had that really cool battered old sofa in his in his uh, console room didn't he they, they could plonk on and have a chat and oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. where's all the yeah. where's the bedrooms and where's Nissa's room and all that you know <laughs> where's the, where's the room with the fifth doctor's cricket bat in and all that stuff you know what i mean i just i wanted to see a little bit more mm-hmm. of inside the tardis because it just feels like it's that one room that they all just stand in and you know stare at the wall and whistle until it lands over oh, here right let's go you know i read you yeah it's yeah not, it, I think, yeah, like you said, I just don't think they're too fussed about shoving it off. No, I don't think Chibnall's really bothered about TARDIS, no. Which is not, uh, it's not, that's not the end of the world. Mm. You don't want it to get in the way of stuff, but at the same time, you know, we all do like to see the TARDIS. It was lit better, wasn't it? I know you think it's still too dark, and I, I do agree with you, I think, but it looked nicer on screen this time. I will say that like the, the colours were brought through, it was more orangey, and we also saw some nice shots when it was blue, I think was it blue because I am color blind. Mm. Could have been green. Do you remember when she sort of color changed? Oh yeah, it was blue. A couple yeah, of yeah. scenes which really looked nice. Um, so yeah, I think they're working with what they've got. Mm. But it'll so. never be a favorite, I don't think. No, no. Um, uh, before we move on to our overall score and stuff like that, I've got a couple of questions for you. What did you think to the arc stuff that they did then? Because when we were when we got to the end of our reviews for series 11 i did say that all of these individual little episodes everything's great but it would be nice if we had a little sprinkling of moffat on some of this so not as like heavy duty as some of the arc stuff he used to do but and they did that for this this series now we had the the introduction of the master who came back who then ultimately provided the big question to everything in the finale uh, and that also links into the arc as well, which is the whole timeless child thing. Mm. So what are your thoughts on that? And as an offshoot to that question, your view on the whole, well, some call it changing of canon. Some people call it adding to the canon. Some people call it destroying the canon. Mm. What are your thoughts on that stuff? Um, I, I l- like the way the arc was done. Uh, I, I think, as I said, I think they injected just enough into the episodes just to keep your interest and wonder where it was going. So I thought in, in terms of that, it was a good arc. The resolution to the arc, I'm still very conflicted on. Um, I, I think I said on our review that I, I quite would have liked it if the timeless child had turned out to be Susan. Um, I would have really liked that. because oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think because Susan's such a ambiguous character that we know nothing about and make she doesn't make a lot of sense if you start start looking into it so i think that would have added something to it that wouldn't have upset too many people and i think it would be good i know a lot of people wanted it to turn out to be the master but um no personally i would have well i wouldn't have minded if it was the master but i I think susan would have been very interesting route to go down um because i think is susan's an interesting character that just 
gets forgotten about really mm. um but i i the the thing i don't like about the the answer to the the arc you know the doctor being the timeless child is that i just don't like the thought that there are millions of doctors running around out there it, it for me comes back a bit back a bit to the console thing i like things to be kept simple and neat <laughs> i like the fact that there's there was 13 or 15 doctors or whatever out there and that was it and you know who they are and you know what they've done and you know and you can go and watch all their adventures now it's i don't like the fact it could be anything um i know some people will it's just me i just don't like the fact that oh that could be the doctor i mean the doctor could be talking to himself in a room and he wouldn't even know it's just for <laughs> me it just it, it takes it to a bit of a different level so that's the side of it i don't like right, right. i'm still not 100% sure how I feel about the Doctor not being a Time Lord anymore. That, again, doesn't sit very well with me. Because, um, you know, and I am a massive fan of Hartnell as well, so I just like the fact that he was the first. Um, and I know in some respects he still is or whatever, but, again, it has changed something. So, although I enjoyed the episode very much and I thought it was um, an interesting idea um, and it does freshen things up and open up a lot more questions, I think it... Uh, also opens a can of worms and I, I still feel quite conflicted on it to be honest but to answer your question I do think it was an interesting arc that worked very well in terms of the series itself I just right. don't know how I feel about how the arc you know the answers really but I don't think I ever will I think it'll be one of those things that I'm always conflicted about you know I don't know if I I'll agree. ever like it or yeah. dislike it I just think it's it, it's an interesting take on the series yeah no I read you man uh, yeah, I really liked the master coming back and I thought Sasha Dewan was such a great master as well. Like we've seen like crazy wacky from John Sims in the past. Mm. Uh, but this was a much more, this was a much more sort of psychotic evil master. Oh, he, he, he was, yeah. yeah. I mean, he would, didn't hesitate to shrink people. He was, yeah. I thought, I think he was superb actually really great casting. Yeah. The reveal was fantastic, wasn't it? Oh, it was great. The way he, yeah. the way he subtly changed his performance mm -hmm. from being like that, well, you've got me, Doctor. <laughs> you know, it, it was brilliant. I mean, it was, that was such a good yeah. cliffhanger, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure if anyone else has picked up on this, but I feel like they took inspiration from Heath Ledger's Joker from Batman for his master, you know. Mm, because, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, because his costume as well, his outfit was that kind of purpley colour, so it harked back to some of the older... Like, if you look at Heath Ledger's coat in The Dark Knight, mm. it's a, almost exactly the same colour. And just his outfit was very jokery from, from Batman, I felt, when he had the purple suit on. But just his performance as well, like the way he like, instantly flicked between sort of laughing, that maniacal kind of evil laugh... To that sort of face twitching, eye twitching, um, uh, sort of start like it was very Heath Ledger to me. It, I, I just felt like as he did a Q and A on Twitter. Uh, I think I don't know halfway through series twelve, I think it was, and he did say uh, some of the questions were, "Did you base your performance on previous masters, or did you go and research?" And he did say that he was aware of those, but he didn't want to base his performance on performance on any of the previous actors yeah. that have played the master. So you can tell that whatever influence he went to, to, to get inspiration from or whatever, it's outside of Dr. Who. So I just get very strong shades of, of Heath Ledger from him. 
Mm. And he was really good, though. He was really, really good. No complaints, he, he, really. He was good. I, I mean, I was worried. I mean, he did go over the top, but not too, you know, not in a bad way. I think. I mean, he, he must have been. It's the kind of performance that you imagine he just after he'd finished filming, just went and lied down for an hour in his in his dressing room. It was like because <gasps> it must, you know, must have really taken out of him to be that intense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I imagine he did take after take of certain scenes as well to get, you know, to try different things. Um, he was crazy. I, I must admit, I, I thought it was a great performance. I loved it. Um, I love the fact that you, you really felt he was dangerous. Mm-hmm. You really felt that he could, he would just kill you in a blink of an eye and he wouldn't care. Um, so there was a, you know, there was that, but I would love to see, because he's such a cool guy, Sasha. I'd love to see like a bit more suave Delgado master from him. <laughs> I think he could pull that off brilliantly you know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying what he did wasn't great because I loved it, but just imagine him being sort of walking into a room and just, you know, that he, he could flip at any second, but he's just brought the performance down to a level of, you know, just conversation and being really sinister. I'd love to see that from Sasha. Uh, there, there were moments of it. There were, there were some moments of that, but I'd like to see just a little bit more of that rather than the sort of craziness because the zaniness is to me, a little bit similar to Sim, but I think uh, I think I actually prefer the sort of way that he that Sasha did it. So yeah, yeah absolutely brilliant. Um, I love him as the master. I I don't think we've seen the last of him. I hope we see him again. I think I don't I think, think that's we the last. will. Yeah. yeah, he's still got that thing inside him, isn't he? So that's oh yeah, got, the, uh, that's got to play a part. Surely the Siberian. He's still got the Siberian in mm. him. I'm sure that's going to be how he's saved. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Did we see his TARDIS? Well, we sort of did, but it was like a front room, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. It was. I was really hoping we'd sort of see, you know, <laughs> like, mind you, I suppose, they, we've, we've already had enough TARDIS sets, so we probably couldn't build a third, could they? Yeah, <laughs> haven't got unlimited money, have they? No, exactly. No. Um, what uh, did you think to um, Captain Jack coming back? So, did you feel like he was wasted, or was that just a little tease for... It's, it's just a tease, isn't it? I think it's special. a tease, yeah. he's, he's, he's definitely back. Yeah, I reckon he'll be back for, for Revolution. Ah. I think... Um, He's got to be really. I, I, you can't bring him back, and he, he drops a massive bombshell like that, and then we don't see him again for God knows how many years. I don't know, but he must be back at some point. Did Do you they? think it was the right episode to bring him back though? Because um, it was great to see him, and it, uh, I thought it was a really you know good performance and all that. But it had so much going on in that episode; it kind of got lost, and it takes a lot to overshadow John Barrowman. Let's be fair. <laughs> But yeah. you could almost, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but there was so much in that episode, you could almost forget for a second that he was in it. It'd be like, oh, yeah, bit. Jack was back. Oh, but, it, you know, so, but I, I'm guessing he's going to come back full force in the special one. That's what I'm guessing. But it feels do you think like it, it would have worked yeah. better in a different episode, maybe? Or do you think it was, that was the right one? No, I think that was the right one, you know. Yeah? Yeah, I do okay. think so. Because it also meant that the companions were not up the doctor's bum the whole <laughs> the whole story you know so it gave them an excuse as well to go off and and do their own thing but what i like about captain jack's cameo if that's the best way to use it i suppose he wasn't you know is that he didn't meet up with the doctor i thought that was great because you almost like oh i really want john barrowman to be acting in a scene with jodie whittaker it's going to be so cool when we you're waiting for it the whole time aren't you yeah, yeah. so it was a massive tease it really was to not have captain jack hook up you know, even just communicate with the doctor in any way. There was no, 
There was mm. none of that. It was all done through the companion. So, yeah, I thought it was a good thing. It was relatively early on in the series. Where you, and that also kept you guessing as well. Like, is he going to be back this week? No. Nope. Is he coming True. back for the finale? No, nope. I oh, must be back for Revolution. Though. So I think it was done fairly well. You got everyone yeah. talking and looking forward to his return. If he does come back, that's still no, no guarantee. But I think he will. I think he'll be back. I'm just looking at the list of episodes. Yeah, it probably was the best episode. I just thought, gosh, they really crammed a lot into that one. And it was good because it was a midway point as well, wasn't it? So it's like mid-series. And like you said, it kept you guessing mm-hmm. of if he was going to... Because we thought he might come back in the final, didn't we? But that's why I'm thinking now uh, they've saved him for the special. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to fire some questions at you. Go on, go for it. What's your? What was your favourite episode or episodes from series 12 um well i I think i would probably put my favorite in terms of the entertainment factor enjoyment and stuff um would be fugitive of the jadoon um i really enjoyed that one it just it had a bit of fun it had surprise after surprise um i just like it yeah it pretty much although it was quite a messy episode like i said they threw everything in there including the kitchen sink it did all work for me, so I would probably put that up there. I, in terms of if I was going to put one on now to rewatch, I would quite happily sit there and watch that one again. I just found it really enjoyable. Yeah, same for me, mate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fugitive. Well, that was my fave, my fave episode, followed very closely by the uh, the Timeless Children. That's yeah. why I've got it number two. Actually, I have written my list. Okay. Um, that's why I've got it number two because the thing is, it's unusual because normally with an episode that's just an episode of questions. I'm very surprised that I enjoyed that as much as I did. Normally, I don't like ones that are just there to throw all these questions out that they don't give answers to. So that was, like you said, mid-series, a mid-series what sort of episode. Whereas, so I'm surprised I like it, but it had enough going on to be fun as well. All the stuff with the Jadoon and the shopkeeper guy at the beginning pushing the Jadoon and getting shot. And they were just, you know, they were fun moments as well as, as well as shocking moments, as well as, revelationary is that a word moments you know what i mean it, it had it all i think that one the tardis being buried at, at the bottom of a lighthouse fantastic stuff um yeah it was a really good one and i agree with you timeless Ch- children would be my second favorite okay and what's your least favorite from the series my least favorite is orphan 55 um, I don't think it's the one I, because it's interesting, I asked you before we started about our, what I rated them. And I think I rated Can You Hear Me the lowest, didn't I? Just because I found it so boring. I, I know a lot of people really liked that one because of the subject matter. You know, the fact it dealt with mental health and, and everything. And I applaud it for that. But in terms of entertainment, I found that incredibly dull. But Orphan 55 is at the bottom of my list, but mainly because of that blimmin' woman shouting Benny, oh, Benny. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it drove me crackers even Hello. hearing it in the trailer earlier I was like oh god that that woman it it made no sense the fact that they would take an old man and just carry, like why did they even kidnap Benny what was the point of it why carry a guy around who's got a, supposedly got a blimmin' canister carrying oh. around with him it made no sense it was just a a run around, oh, boring, annoying episode that, that I probably won't watch ever again. There was just so much in it that didn't make sense to me, you know. Yeah, well, I'm with you on that one as well, mate. That was my least, my least favourite. None of let's get this straight. None of these were terrible. It was a step up from series eleven, but just in terms of sort of ranking these, I guess the Orphan Fifty Five would be at the bottom. And I'm guessing your next one up from that, so your second least favourite would either be 
Can you hear me, or Praxius? Yeah, can you hear me? Is my next yep. least favourite. Um, I know a lot of people will probably be a bit disappointed to hear that. It, I think, in many ways, it was quite an important episode in terms of its subject matter. But I'm putting it at the bottom because I just found the resolution ridiculous. It tied up within seconds. It felt like the villain was just a secondary story that was there just to carry it. It, it didn't do anything for me. As I said, totally applaud Doctor Who dealing with the mental health issue. I think that was dealt with quite well. So I, in some ways, I'm sorry to put it at the bottom. But in terms of watching it again and finding it entertaining, I was bored rigid by it. So that is at the bottom. Praxius is above it because although I don't think it was particularly strong, I think the first 20 minutes were great. I remember thinking like, oh, this this is drawing me in really nicely, this story. And then it just lost it for me, especially yeah, the, yeah. was that the one that had the exposition at the end or was that all for 55? That was all for 55 when yeah. she turned to the camera. But yeah, those are my three that didn't really work for me. Anything above that though, I'm looking at my list now, everything above that I think is pretty decent. Hmm. Those are the only three that I probably wouldn't be in a rush to watch again. But uh, the rest, if you put them on now, I'd probably quite happily sit there and watch them. Okay. But, yeah, nice. yeah, don't think there's anything else that I really had a major problem with apart from those three. Yeah, yeah, our lists are very similar by the look of it. Yeah, almost the same even. Um, okay. Well, I put Skyfall in the middle. Yeah, me too. Yeah, because I, I, I thought that was a great opener, really good. Yeah, but some of the some of the episodes further in were a bit stronger. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right then. Is there anything you want to mention before we we? A score on the overall thing um no i mean i did a sort of list of pluses and minus i i, I feel like um segan's music i'm very torn on oh yeah i was gonna say yeah I'm, i wasn't impressed most... at all mate with this one no i'm, I'm torn because i found it quite bland mm -hmm. but on the other hand i often quite like it when a music score underlines what's going on rather than stands out but i think that you've got to get a balance right there and i don't know that segan did really a lot of the time it did feel he was a bit on autopilot this series um i just wish he'd change up the sounds a bit you know there's a lot of the time you can almost predict when there's a certain piece of music like this you know when someone's just talking there's like a little sad moment there's this sort of <laughs> there's this keyboard sound that he just brings in every single time Oh, I can't explain it very well, but hopefully you know what I mean. It's just that, yeah. Gee, gee, and you're like, oh, it is. Yeah, we get it. Like, just use something else. Um, so yeah, I wasn't overly impressed with the music this series. Like as we said, the soundtrack's coming out soon. I'd it, be interested to hear it because nothing stood out for me at all. I remember when series eleven, we were quite excited. We we're like, oh, I really loved that bit when they were Jade was making the Sonic and the music. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the soundtrack to hear that. You know without any, you know, hear it clean and hear it as it should be. But there's nothing in this that I'm sort of particularly looking forward to hearing. Um, to be honest with you, I can't think of any scene where I thought, oh, I love that bit of music. Can't yeah. wait to get that on the soundtrack, if you know what I mean. Yeah, same for me, mate. I just wasn't impressed really with this, this series soundtrack. Not really. No. So I think really, yeah, apart from the exposition and the Sonic being overused, those are my sort of main things I would love to see ironed out in the next series i think the sonic's just getting ridiculous now and um yeah it's just, i i get that it's a plot device to move the story on quickly but mm -hmm. i don't know i think it's also quite lazy sometimes to use it for everything so 
too much Sonic, too much exposition. Those are my negatives and the music a bit. Um, but my pluses, just to sort of wrap up, would be I thought the development of Jody is going down the right direction. Good. Production values still look amazing. It's a, it still looks like a the BBC are pumping money into it, which is mm-hmm. great. I hope that continues considering, you know, the ratings or whatever. But it, it's nice to see Dot 2 looking so good. Um, and, yeah, just the master as well. I had him down as the, you know, that was a great reveal and really brought something to the series. And I think it really upped up the game. Uh, in terms of the Doctor and the Master together like that. so Because we've had the Doctor, the Master and Cybermen together quite a lot. So you could think that would be boring, but I think it was it still worked. So I liked all that. Probably the scariest Cyberman we've seen as well, the guy in... Um, Ashad, yep. Yeah, yeah. Guy, he was terrifying, wasn't he? Mm, That's great. I mean, that was, you know, the design and everything this series has been really, really good as well, I think. So production okay. value is just fantastic. Yeah, I agree, dude. Doctor Who has not looked this good in terms of cinematic feel. And, you know, they all, look, I mean, we had it with Matt Smith from series six, really. They all started to look like mini films, you know, mini movies. Um, but in terms of sort of visual fidelity and how it looks and the production value is very, very good at the moment. And so yeah. to, to sort of finish up before we do score, I would like to ask you that, where would you like to see us go in series 13? Where would you like to see the series um, go from here because i think we're in a quite an interesting we've been left on, in quite an interesting place i think the doctor's got all this new knowledge um i'm hoping the doctor's not invincible as well because that is the other thing i don't like about the i know she's not but it that's the other thing i didn't like about the reveal is it kind of feels like the doctor's a bit invincible now and i don't well, like that but anyway sorry where do you feel like the show should go from where we've left off i feel like uh, well, look at my notes here. There are three things really for me. The first one is I hope they continue with this timeless child thing. So you mentioned the doctor being invincible, but mm. it feels more like the doctor's eternal because I think she can still be killed, but as long as she's not injured too badly, she can regenerate. Well, from the sounds of it now, just unlimited amount of times. So she's eternal. So I hope that as much as people don't like it, or if you do like it, whatever, I just hope that they commit to that and we don't have this giant reset button in Series 13 like, oh, it was all a trick by the master or there was this big there's this big reset button. Oh, you're not really the timeless child and you are not, re- you haven't really got all these, you know, unlimited regens and you're not eternal. That was just a bit of a prank, mm. you know, all that stuff. So as much as that would be interesting, I just hope that they don't do that and they commit to it. And, you know, and that stuff. Number two, I'd like to see some companions go, as we've said. So we just have the doctor and a companion again. And number three, I just hope again, we've mentioned that we see even stronger performances from Jodie and she's even more in light of the news that she found out in the finale as well. I hope that, you know, you know, pushes her a bit and we we get to see some darker stuff from her. Yes, I'd agree with all of those. And I would, I'd like him to stick, uh, in terms of the format of the show, I thought the format for this series worked incredibly well in terms of having a two-parter at the start, pretty much standalone stories with a little arc, and then a two-parter at the end. I thought that worked incredibly well. So um, I, I would like to see maybe that stuck to as well. I, th- I just think that works good. 
You know, yes. yeah. it brings you in having a, a cliffhanger at the end of the first episode, and and then again at the end. I think that's 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 a good way to go. So that was another plus, really, that I had for series twelve is is that because I think series eleven pretty much all standalone, weren't they? Pretty so. much, pretty much. Yeah, yeah we had yeah. we had a cliffhanger, a brilliant cliffhanger at the episode one of series eleven with them in space. But apart from that, I think pretty much standalone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. so I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that continue for series thirteen. Cool. Mm. Yeah, good. All right. Scores on the doors. Mm. I think it's me to go first. Yeah, you so go first. I'm so going to your overall, is it, for the whole series? The whole thing, yep. I'm going to give it 7.5. Oh, okay. Yep. I thought you'd go higher. Yeah, I was thinking about that initially. My first score was an 8. Mm. But then I thought, thinking back over the years, not too much, but back, you know, since we came back in 05, um, there has been some other series that have, that I've plopped in my head anyway, that I've plopped in between that and a 10. And when I compare it to some of those that have, that I've awarded like an eight or an 8.5 and stuff like that, it doesn't feel quite as strong as those. Mm. So a 7.5 for me. Yeah. You make a very good point. I see I've written eight out of 10, but I I'm looking at it. And as much as I liked this series, I'm not in a rush to go back to it. That's the thing that's missing from who at the moment for me is that even though I'm liking it, I'm still not thinking there's no episode really that I'm really, Oh, I think I'll bung that on cause I really enjoyed that one. It's kind of a bit there. So I'm oh, I go for an eight. Is it an eight? Mm. What does your gut tell you? Go with, go with your instinct. I'll give it an eight, but I think I'm being a tad generous. There's still, well, I'll give it an eight. You'll give it. You'll go on. Yeah, it was. It was. I think it was definitely a step up. Yeah, because I suppose I'd put series eleven as a sort of six point five seven. So, yeah, go on then. Let's give it an eight. I might have been a bit generous there, but let's give it an eight. There we go. Why not? Yeah. So seven point five and an eight, which is a, it's not a bad score at all. Pretty good. Not pretty too good bad. Yeah. Okay. What did our listeners think? We had a few audio clips in, and then we'll move over to the socials quickly. So, first up. Our regular reviewer, Sammy from Down Under. Hey, Gary and Adam, Sammy Satine here. So, Series 12. Well, on the whole, whilst a step up from Series 11, it didn't do very much for me. There was no interesting characters with depth, flaws and relatability. Also, interesting storylines like Smile, Midnight, Time Heist, Blink, to name a few. Also... More interesting monsters. Seriously, come up with some new ones that are based on the kinds of fears kids would have because that is what makes the Autons, the Vashti Narada and the Weeping Angels, to name a few, scary. I want to feel something again. And if you can't do at least two of those things, then I'm just going to have to wait for you to leave, Chibnall, before I get some fairly basic things. I really want to like your ear, but so far you've got a lot of work to do. And I hope this helps. See ya. Oh dear. Yeah, Sammy has not been enjoying this series at all. No, no. So no score from Sammy, just uh, do better. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Chibnall, yeah. Thank you very much for your opinion though, Sammy. It's all good. Uh, Time Lord, 0902. My review of season 12. I found that this season is still too preachy, too much exposition, too much use of the sonic, too many companions with not enough development, and it just does not feel at times like Doctor Who. Jodie Whittaker is playing Doctor Who, but she doesn't feel like the Doctor. 
And what's the point of bringing back Gallifrey and doing this whole retcon? It feels so unnecessary. What's wrong with just it being a madman in a box, having various adventures? Even a few solo adventures would be great. In 1989, I was heartbroken when the show went off the air. In 1996, I got my hopes up with the Paul McGann movie. In 2005, I was over the moon when Doctor Who came back. I will continue to watch Doctor Who because I've been a fan all these years. But honestly, like the one reviewer says, even if it was canceled, I just don't care. I really honestly don't care. And that doesn't make me angry. It just makes me sad. You guys have a great one. Cheers. Oh dear. Oh dear. Another one. Not so impressed. Actually, there is one thing I, I really um, wanted to mention in the review and I've forgotten. I've just been reminded. It's about the preachiness. Um, they were a bit in your face this series for sure. That's one of the things, again, I think in terms of the writing, they could have made some of it more subtle. It did feel at times that it was really being sledgehammered uh, <laughs> in, um, especially the scenes where JD would just talk to the camera and literally preach. So absolutely agree with that. No, no I agree, mate. It was a little bit on the, mm. on the knuckle sometimes, wasn't it? So, mm. yeah. But again, thank you very much for your opinion on that, dude. Uh, let's move on. George Puddy. So yes, hello guys. Just thought I'd apologise for my audio clip last week. Uh, obviously I didn't enjoy the Timeless Children and I did come across a bit angry in my f- review. I must have recorded it on a bad day. But listening back to it, I did sound a little bit hostile, which I apologise for. That was obviously not intentional. And I still enjoyed your show last week despite the fact you had different opinions to me. But yes, yeah, Series 12 as a whole I thought was a massive improvement on Series 11. I don't think it was an amazing series. It wasn't a terrible one either. It was just a solid series, similar to the likes of Series 10 and Series 7. Just a solid run of episodes. Obviously, I didn't enjoy The Timeless Children, and I didn't really enjoy Can You Hear Me either. But other than those two episodes, I thought the episodes were just pretty solid, with Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror and Spyfall being standouts for me personally. And I think the biggest highlight of the series, uh, along with Sasha Dewan's Master, was easily Jodie Whittaker. I didn't enjoy her much in Series 11 because I thought the writing was particularly poor. However, they certainly stepped it up in Series 12, giving her a lot better material to work with. And Jodie shined and just showed what a good doctor she can be when actually given good material so yeah series 12 was no case series timeless children and can you hear me aside just a solid run of episodes with a much improved 13th doctor and gave my favorite 13th doctor episode in nicola tesla's night of terror ah that was thank a, you not a bad episode that one mm, thank you george no, absolutely no need to apologize as well um believe it or not we enjoyed your review although our opinions differed we we like it when people are um uh, speaking from the heart, whether it be good or bad. So um, sometimes it's best to, you know, the first review that is the honest review. So don't don't feel bad about it. It was a, it was um, it was what it was, mate. Absolutely, yeah. Don't worry about that. We appreciate all your opinions, as Adam said. So thank you for doing that as well, dude. Moving on. So our cheeky chappy, Mister Alex Kingdom. Ah. Hello, Gary and Adam of the Big Blue Box Podcast. How are you guys doing? Now, you guys have asked for a big thing this week. You've asked for an entire review of Series 12. And I was thinking to myself, how can I fit this within a minute or two? And I thought, that's easy. I'm just going to make a noise for every episode of the series. So get ready. This is going to be the best Series 12 review you guys have ever done seen. 
No offence to any of the people beforehand, but this this is the way you guys should review each week. Just make <laughs> one noise. So here we go then. Spyfall Part 1. Way hey! Spyfall Part 2. Way hey! Orphan 55. Ooh. Nikola Tesla. Yeah! Um, Fugitive of the Tadoon. Yes! Praxis. Uh, can you hear me? Ooh. Haunting of <laughs> the Diodati. Yay! Essential the Cyberman. Yay! The Timeless Child. So if you guys couldn't gauge from that, and I really don't know how, I really enjoyed Series 12. Sorry about that. That was really bad. But I really enjoyed Series 12 as a whole. A massive step up from Series 11. I just thought it was really fun. I didn't think there were too many bad episodes, apart from Orphan 55. Um, there were a few mediocre ones in there, but apart from that, I thought the rest of it was pretty good. Um, I thought the series arc was really cool, and I always love the series for introducing Sasha Dewan as the master, so when you put all those things together in, in one, it kind of works out quite nicely, doesn't it? Anyway, guys, have a good rest of the show, and I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, so cool, Alex. So I love that, Alex. Absolutely love that. Just one sound reviews. <laughs> and we totally got what you <laughs> were saying as well, mate. It's great, so. yeah. Yeah, all good. Uh, yeah, appreciate it, Alex. All good. Uh, moving on. I'm glad you enjoyed it as well, Alex. Mm. Uh, moving on. This is Callum Morris. Hi, guys. It's the Universe here with another Doctor Who audio review. Um, I'm currently punched up at home because I'm sick. Uh, I might have caught coronavirus. It's not fun, let me assure you. Um, but anyways, uh, what did I think of season 12? I thought it was absolutely amazing. I loved every single second of it. Um, Jodie was great. The fam, less great, but still great enough. Um, the stories were Mm, some of them were good um praxis i really couldn't get into myself but most of the others i i did genuinely enjoy um i can't wait to see where we go from here uh you know where, wherever chimney wants to go I'm, I'm fully behind him now and i love jody she's just so good and i'm really scared of her regenerating anyways see you guys soon and i'm gonna cough in a moment so i better go bye oh no Oh no, hope you feel better soon, mate. That's horrible. Yeah, that's not good. Hopefully you haven't mm. got the dreaded corona. You just got a bit of a cold. But either way, hope you pick up soon, buddy. But thank you very much for your review. Another another likey, I think. Uh, and lastly, this is that uh, very nice chap. This is Martin Arnold. Well, hello, everybody. Season 12. Got to keep this under a minute. Um, so the stories. I think the stories were consistently entertaining. Not perfect. The last episode... Um, had its faults in my opinion but I think on reflection Chris Jubnels is sowing a lot of seeds that I think will hopefully pay off in the future which actually shows a lot of faith in the viewers and the, and the Hooniverse to you know respect that and I think that's actually a really good thing. Um, the Companions, three is perhaps a little too many for them all to shine equally. Graham and Ryan I think are running out of steam a little bit but they're still entertaining and Yaz has really stepped up and um, she's shown herself to be a, a cracking actress and a great character um, and for the Doctor, brilliant, absolutely brilliant they have they have got her absolutely spot on I think they've, they've dialed down some of the silliness um, and, and given her a chance to really shine and there's, there's been some stellar moments throughout the season so I think this has been the best season since season four, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes. Cheers for now. Coolio. Excellent. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing where we go from now. I love the fact that everyone's um, 
like worried about keeping the review to under a minute because I just have a vision of the foretold mummy stood beside everyone <laughs> who s- sends in the review, just clicking down. Oh yeah, yeah, the um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like mummy on the Orient Express. <laughs> yeah, and we have to enforce that rule, otherwise yeah. we'd be here all day. <laughs> Nobody wants that. But thank you very much, Martin. Another good review there. Yeah, we can't wait to see what they what they do and where they go with this stuff. So. Thank you so much, guys, for your audio clips. I'm going to jump over to some of the socials now over on Twitter. Uh, we had Jordan Shortman, one of our writers over on the website, says a much better a much better series for the 13th Doctor than series 11. A lot of character development and brought the mystery back to the show. Um, even if I had some problems with it, the writing still isn't great, though, especially for Jodie, who hasn't really clicked for me as the Doctor yet. Otherwise, been a great, it's been great and fun to see. Um, the cuckoo clock <laughs> says Ooh. it was awful. It has destroyed the show. Ah, hashtag defund the BBC. Oh dear. Oh dear. Not liking that one. Uh, Vincent blonde says, while I liked series 11, series 12 was a big step up, uh, and an awesome series apart from more from 55. I enjoyed all the episodes. Uh, Sasha Dewan's master was amazing. And he is my second favorite master before Missy. Uh, I'm still loving the show with my two hearts. Mm. Uh, Davros says a mixed bag guys to be honest some purely filler box ticking episodes but some really mm. good ones mixed in Skyfall I think you mean Spyfall was great as was Fugitive the finale promised but lacked direction a 6.5 mm. Zombie Who says series 12 was a big improvement over series 11 and it probably is the top half of modern Who series in my opinion I still think the standalone episodes need to be better Gives it a seven. Uh, Spencer Shively says, Doctor Who is back. Even the filler episodes were great, in my opinion. Maybe not all from 55, but probably give this series an eight or an 8.5. Nice. Joe Bowers, a vast improvement over series 11. All of the regular cast were still great, but it was nice to see Yaz get some development. Gives it an eight out of 10. Edward Galuli, probably the best series since number five. Timeless Child and O is the master twist. Made me genuinely excited to see what happened next for the first time in ages. John Griffith says, 8 out of 10 for me. Love Jodie, love Sasha, love Ruth. 30 seconds of Jack 2. Finally, some great (laughs) backstory for the companions, particularly Yaz. Uh, Micronet1401 says, hmm, supporter of Doctor Who, both original and the newer stuff, also a supporter of Jodie. However, really not keen on the last episode story arc, to be honest. Mm, Craig Bryce, this series has been better, but a lot of the damage has to do with series 11. And... uh, Gallifrey Forever 97, uh, Reese says, great series overall, love the addition of story arcs and more challenging dynamics with 13 and the fam. Uh, must have beaten the record for the series with the most shocks and surprises. Uh, excited for the possibility of series 13. Mm-hmm. And over on Facebook, uh, Harry Walker says, a marginal improvement on series 11, Captain Jack and the Master were the best parts. Uh, i got to say, a series with killer time lords, killer humans, killer scorpions, killer birds, and killer fingers uh, can't have been that bad, uh, but gives it a 6 out of 10. Killer fingers, yeah. Yeah, Lewis Blackmore, series 12, was a massive step up from series 11. And while not my favourite series of New Who, had many great moments, gives it a 7. Um, Kevin Mullins says, with only one week, story which is often 55 jody's second series has become one of my absolute favorites since it returned a 9.5 cool uh thomas richard there was much improvement from series 11 i don't even think it's the returning villains that did even though the stories worked it was just nice to have clear villains throughout and the threat level that was missing from series 11 
Uh, it gives it an 8 out of 10. Millie McKenzie, I can't sing my praises enough when it comes to this series. It's as close as I can get, in my opinion, to perfection. A 9.75. Very precise. Mm. Uh, Miles McKenzie gave a really long review. I can't read all of it. Um, but it says, overall, a major improvement. However, I feel there were stories and monsters... Um, uh, however, I feel that when there's stories with new monsters and creations to add to the Hooniverse, the stories fall flat on their face. And the highest I've rated one episode is 6.5. And he, he goes on to give mm-hmm. it um, a 7 out of 10. Charlie Turner, a bit of an improvement over S11, but it still uh, has its flaws here and there. One highlight being Jack's return and another being the Master's return in Spyfall. And lastly, Rob Doyle says a big improvement over Series 11. Jody seems to be getting into the role and there's time. Uh, and this time she is the doctor uh, and it goes on to give it a seven out of 10. So if you guys want to read the full reviews from all of our listeners and so on, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Facebook. You'll be able to jump in as well and chat to uh, chat to our reviewers and stuff. But thank you so much guys for all of your reviews and thoughts and stuff. It's the coolest part of the show for us. Indeed. Uh, next week, bud, we're back to our regular rotation. So it's classic who, what have we got classic who? Yeah. And, and, as I said earlier, I was convinced we'd already done this one, but we haven't. And it's a Pertwee classic. It's Inferno. Inferno, cool. Inferno, yeah. A bit of Pertwee, lovely. Indeed. Indeed, yes. So we'll be asking for your reviews for that next week. So uh, make sure you get it watched and ready. And rightio, bud. I think we're going to wrap there for 259. All right. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sticking with us throughout all of Series 12 and our wrap-up review now for all of it in its entirety. It's been great to chat through all of what's overall a very decent, good series, we would say. Uh, As we expected, some division there, some scores not quite high and people not really feeling it. But on the most part, I think people appreciate the improvements from Series 11 and Jodie's performance and the master and all that stuff. Uh, it's pretty good, so we can't wait for next year for the uh, show to return <laughs> to see what they're going to do with all that stuff. Uh, next week, as Adam said, it's Inferno, the third Doctor, so make sure you get your DVDs out and give that a watch because we'll be asking for your thoughts and reviews on that one. In the meantime, head over to the website Big Blue Box Podcast at Cut UK. You can listen to all of our shows on there, plus you can read all of the cool articles that our writers put out each and every week. There's also links there to go off to the various podcast networks and apps so you can subscribe to the show. Uh, or just do a search in whatever app you, you listen to, uh, the Big Blue Box podcast. You'll find us on there somewhere. Just give us a sub. That way you don't miss a show and it lands every Friday morning. And we're on the socials as well, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Just do a search for us. Or again, there's links on the website. Everything's there. Uh, connect with us. Give us a like and a follow as we chat Doctor Who each and every week. And remember to follow my, my co-host, on YouTube, The Geek's Handbag. Mm, indeed. Give Adam a follow over there. Plenty of excellent videos to get stuck into. Just make yourself a cup of tea, get comfy, and dive into all of Adam's videos. Loads of cool stuff. And Adam's also on the socials as well, uh, under the same name, The Geek's Handbag. So give him a like and a follow over there too. Until next week, bud, for 260. Wow. We're rattling through these. Yeah. For 260 next week. I'll see you then. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, 
Eh, 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 eh,